<laughs> guys hello uh obviously we don't have a promo uh but maybe next week maybe christian will do a, a fucking heat promo that we could maybe say on the air who knows uh, but... uh fuck it fuck it let's do it live i got a promo okay go your dad is dead and i'm glad he's dead i wish your mom was dead but actually since she's not can i fuck her you <laughs> suck dinosaurs are my friend let's go Everyone else is a drug addict. You know he's gonna fuck Luchasaurus anyway. You saw the face he was making. <laughs> well, I'm so I, I'm like I'm really mixed on it because like if Luchasaurus digivolved, but now he's Black War Greymon. I don't know how to deal with it. Blackface Luchasaurus. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Is his tongue black now since his mask is black? Yeah. That's what I. That's what I want to know. Those are the questions we need answered. Tony, you need to make it happen. Show, show us that Lucha tongue. He's transracial. Yeah, I've, I've been listening to some of the other uh, like news feeds and stuff I listen to. They've been calling him Dark Luchasaurus, and I swear to God, I need a Pokemon card that says that. <laughs> what about Shin Luchasaurus? Shin Luchasaurus? That's that's it's too weeb. Yeah, he has three fucking heads or something. Dark Luchasaurus isn't. Get out of here. I mean, it is, but it, in, in the like thirty-year-old white man that does a podcast type of way. Where Shin is more just like uh, I'm in my basement alone. I guess it's kind of the same thing, though. It's the it? same thing. You're not. You're not going to win this argument. I would say I'm. I'm literally in my basement alone, and it's <laughs> the same thing. I, I, I fucking lost immediately. Foot and mouth. Alcohol. Insert. Let's do it. And while Chaz is doing the podcast in his basement, and you have like do 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 Mad World going on in the background. <laughs> All around me are familiar. <laughs> anyway, guys. Places. We are back. Uh, if you haven't noticed, you're seeing seeing us and hearing us uh, live, and also in the VOD or on podcast services. We're going to be doing WCW Saturday Night, July twenty fourth, nineteen ninety three, and WWF Raw Monday Night Raw, July twenty sixth, nineteen ninety three. But before we get into these uh, episodes, uh, we have tons of news that we want to talk about. So Zach. What do you want to start off with? Uh, the Vince McMahon business first. I feel like that's the biggest thing. Yeah, a lot has happened since we last talked. Also, sh- quick shout out to all my homies at um, our Scrum Circle over in Reddit. Yeah, homies, if anybody that's been reached out to me in the chat said they were going to try to uh, cash in today and, and watch the show. So, hope you like it. If not, then fuck you. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sorry, Zach. You can go. I had, to, I had to get my plug in. I told him I'd give the shout out. That's fine. You told him fuck you in the end, so it's okay. Yeah, it's all right. Um, anyway, excuse me. Uh, this man uh, got into some trouble because uh, they found out he paid somebody to basically fuck off after having relations with them and making them sign, like, NDAs, and she was involved with John Laurinaitis, too, or whatever, and he's he's fucked off ever since this started. Yeah. Um, and, like, a bunch of stuff's happened since then. Like, like Stephanie McMahon is, like, the temporary... CEO now after she was like I'm going I'm going on break I'm going away now I'll be back later and it was hilarious too because it's like apparently on her way out like a bunch of people talk shit about her and now she's the CEO mm-hmm. <laughs> so like that's interesting they had a meeting uh, I think it was right before Money in the Bank Stephanie McMahon had a talent relation meeting uh, and apparently she some somewhat booked Money in the Bank, and I've heard good things about Money in the Bank. Um, 
that people were excited about. So maybe, maybe she's uh, gonna be the catalyst of some things. I I know she was, you know, in the company before, uh, but the problem was is that you know Vince. But a lot of people are like getting this all like mixed up because they they they, they think Vince like is done. He's not. He's just setting to his side until this investigation is over, and it, and it's gonna be in his favor because they're just gonna be like, "We're not gonna fire you." He's not even setting aside. He it literally in the statement that was out, he stepped down temporarily uh, as CEO, which is all like the background operations. But he still is like literally put out a statement saying he still has heavy involvement in creative. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it it is funny though. Uh, Zach, you'd mentioned how there was uh, the reports when she came out and, and decided to step away briefly because of personal reasons and to help take care of her family. Uh, there were a lot of reports of like, oh, yeah, we don't like Stephanie backstage. And then she got like all the stuff happened with Vince and she's come into play. And now there's all these reports of, oh, backstage morale is high, higher than it's ever been um, because of the shift change. And I think a lot of that has to do with Triple H being back as well. Like, love him or hate him for what it is. But that man ha has done so much good work for their their company over the last seven, eight years or, or more, however long it's been when he's been involved in NXT and, like, the talent and stuff that he's brought in. Um, he has helped put together so many bridges that either didn't exist or bridges that may have been burned previously um, when Vince, you know, initially came back in and, and swept in and, and did it the way he did. Um, and I think that uh, that goes a long way because talent was, like, I think morale was at a really like low point for a while while he, he was away, and then now it's picked up. I don't know what your thoughts are on that or not, but I think he's it's a it's a big deal that he's back helping too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And apparently he's he's going to be involved in NXT again too. So I'm curious how that's going to affect things. Mm -hmm. I I truly think there should be like a a faction thing going on in NXT. You have like the rainbow fucking NXT against the yellow burn NXT. The rainbow renegades against the, the oh. black and golds. And it's easy. We're, we're right at like what the 20 year, we're at the 20 year mark anyway. Invasion. Let's do it, baby. Mm -hmm. Invasion part two. Part duh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Invasion part two. <laughs> Electric boogaloo. <laughs> oh, no. Or no. Electric boogaloo. You know, like the, uh, the Cajun. Like the French, yeah, the Bugle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this uh, so far, I think that's the only real major updates with the Vince stuff so far. We, it's been a little quiet this last week. Well, it, it, the Twitterverse was like, and, and keep in mind, like we always know Vince is a degenerate. Like, just look at the product, <laughs> like uh, in during the Attitude Era. Like, I feel like that's Vince de degeneracy. If you look at all the storylines where, like, the weird fucking incest angle with his daughter at some point, um, and then you had the, uh, him fucking Trish Stratus while Trish Stratus was fucking, uh, pushing around Linda McMahon. The wheelchair, uh, the catatonic Linda. Yeah, yeah. That oh, yeah. Shows. That, that fucking pop at WrestleMania when she got up out of the wheelchair and kicked him in the nuts. Oh, my goodness. That was real. Yeah. And that shot her around the world. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what people expect. Like, yeah, he's he's been shitty the whole time. Like, I, it's not surprising. It just is what it is. I like that he's going the – he's taking the ballsy approach, and he's, like, doing all this, like, um, like proper, like, okay, well, we're going to wait and see how it all plays out. And then he showed up, and he's, like, the generous old man. It's, it's kind of like the Bill Clinton take. 
like, mm. Bill Clinton's still a creepy guy, but, like, now everyone looks at him and is like, oh, look at him, he's a sweet old grandpa. It's like, no, he'd, he'd fucking, not, like, a 16-year-old if you let him. Like, let's not, let's not lie to ourselves. And if you think Vince is any different, you're crazy. Like, well, no? To get a little tiny political a little bit, like, a, Twitterverse is a fucking garbage and shit. And like people were, yeah. yeah, and people were going nuts about like Vince McMahon because like I don't know, they thought like he probably literally raped someone, uh, and that's why he like gave the money. Uh, but like, oh, as far, as far as we know, that was consensual. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it was rape. I think it was more of a like maybe like a pressured situation. But the whole passing around type of thing that was reported seems weird. But the yeah. the real issue is not so much. I mean, that is a problem if they get more into investigation and it's an issue. But yeah. it's really more of the. Hey, we paid you a lot of extra money, and didn't really say why we paid you like two and a half times the salary of someone else doing your job. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna need you to sign this NDA so you don't tell anybody about all this weird stuff you did back in catering, like that time that you let uh, John Warnitis put cheese cubes in your vagina and shoot him out or some shit. Because you know that <laughs> weird shit happened, and he was, like, and then he was like, he's you a know, dynamic dude, brother. That's what he's, he's about. Like, I want you to peg me while I tell you how I invented the stunner. Or some shit like that. You're not but, doing it right. Uh, John Warren Ides invented the stunner. You're welcome. But... You know, I invented the stunner. <laughs> I'm the one that invented the stunner. Now, listen, take take these cheese cubes, shove them up in there real nice. You... Shove them straight up your candy ass. No, just... You know, I'm uh, Nikki Bella's stepdad. Sometimes she gets stuck into the washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> straight to Pornhub thank yeah. you for that you know what's fucked about that situation too is apparently uh, uh, their mom has a brain cancer or whatever oh my god and he's been fucking doing this shit while she's been suffering from brain cancer well clearly he's traumatized and this is his way of dealing with the grieving process everybody like, deals with grief be. differently I am kidding oh my goodness if, if the four people watching are like I'm gonna find that guy's address Fuck and you like. for saying bang that. bang yeah, yeah, that's what we say. Bing Fuck bang. you. Uh, this is a joke. Settle down. There's there's, there's just things okay. called jokes and sarcasm. But yeah, what, you, all but the time what, you wasted being butthurt about this, like four four babies just died, like in a different country. Like, be more upset about other shit. Yeah, but sorry, where, I'm, I've drank too much. But where I was going with this is like Twitter was going nuts and all that stuff, doing all the woke SJW stuff, and then Vincent, what Vincent Man does. And I gotta give him props, dude. He literally said, "Fuck y'all, I'm going out there in the ring, and people are gonna cheer him." And guess what? People people were cheering him and singing his song. That's exactly what I was saying. He did, he did the Bill Clinton thing. He just like, well, I'll just show up and I'm gonna look like a sweet old man, but like everybody loves me. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like people don't care. Like it's it is what it is. It, but um, I am excited to see if this is what is a stepping stone to lead to him stepping down permanently. And it's not a bad, like, I, I, honestly, I could actually care less if he's involved in some of the, the strategy stuff. There's far more corporate background stuff that happens. Nice. You get the PG. Um, uh, all the Bud Light. Um, no, hey, I'm the, sorry. The, no. The old B-Moon. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> well, I just took, I just took like four shots of crown of the head there and that, that cocktail I made. But, uh, anyway, um, what I was making was Vince's uh, Vince's involvement in the background and stuff. Actually, his corporate involvement probably makes sense because look what he's built. Like that, that's fine. Just get him away from the fucking booking and, and creative stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Leave, leave that to the pe in the hands of the people that are ready to handle it. Like, he's built the foundation already. Like, you know what? You're not getting rid of the script writers and stuff. That's that's already ingrained, and that's fine. Let other people step in and let it go because, you know, where you're not up to speed on stuff. Um, um, and, and, you know, it just is what it is. That's okay. Like, you eventually got to go around. You got to go away anyway. Like, one, way, one day, you're not going to be able to run the company. Leave it to the people. It's better to want... I think someone... Uh, Ah, I can't remember who it was. Ironically, it might have been Terry Funk that said it. It's like it's always better to go out on top than, or to go out sailing whenever uh, you're at your best versus going out when people are feeling sorry for you. But I find that ironic if he said it, uh, just because Terry Funk is just like at this point, if he could get out of the nursing home, he'd probably come out and like beat someone's ass. And right from so, oh, he whooped my ass. He'll face Ric Flair. But... No, he'll kill him. Fucking pacemaker. Rick, Rick Flair. I, I, is Let's that do this it. Saturday, is that this Saturday or next Saturday when he's going to do that weird like Carney one last match or whatever? Rick yeah. Flair versus Terry Funk in WA. Let's do it. Come on, like, let's go. Legit. Like I'm not. Like sometime real soon, we're going to be doing a podcast. But holy shit, Rick Flair just died in the middle of a wrestling ring in front of. I like, think 30 he people. wants that to happen. I truly, that's his prerogative, man. I think he truly wants to die in the ring because literally. He could never uh, have a marriage. It's always ending. Uh, the the one the latest one he got divorced with. I think he wants to die with his love, which is wrestling. Uh, and by the way, his promo is hilarious. <laughs> I, you need to go watch it on YouTube because there's a part where he's like, "Everybody on their feet are gonna get up and say, fuck Ric Flair," and like he like stumbled his words. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh man, maybe you shouldn't go in the ring." <laughs> But hey, he still do it. He's gonna show you. He's I hope show us all. He's probably gonna get in there, and then right before his heart gives out, he's just gonna pull his pants down. And he's just gonna helicopter. And he's like, "See, I told you I could do it." And then he's gonna die. And everyone's Whoa! like, "I don't know how to deal with this. Like, I can't even be mad. The man died." So, mm. all right. Yeah. To, to cap off the Vince and uh, John Laurinaitis thing, do you think uh, it's like video evidence is gonna come out, kind of like when Paige and uh, Brad, Brad Maddox and the uh, Xavier Woods <laughs> we're having that threesome remember that part where you see Brad Maddox taking a picture of fucking Xavier Woods pounding no they don't no Vince doesn't know anything about smartphones he, he's I felt better about it. life because I, I think I, I, I well I'm not not that I did compare or anything I watched that video like four times for science but uh, <laughs> at least four times but I, I felt better about life knowing that Xavier Woods and I proportionately have the same anatomy that's great he did say it was chilly that night when the Usos called him out on that promo so like yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh but yeah, I don't know if anything any video evidence is gonna come out. I I doubt there's any video evidence. I think it's gonna be one of those things that gets whisked away. People forget um Vince McMahon might have one of the best legal teams in the in the world. Um I don't remember the dude's name, but I've watched a couple different documentaries and Jerry McDivitt. Uh, McDivitt. That man is a stone cold fucking killer. You wanna get away with something, have that guy back you. Like, he wants to retire. Is... He was saying that earlier this year. He's like, "Man, I want to retire. I'm I'm, I'm tired of being a lawyer." <laughs> yeah, hmm. he, he did. And then, and then Vince McMahon was like, "Hey, can you go for one more run?" <laughs> it's like, Fuck. He, he's like, "Well, I guess we'll do it." But uh, but yeah, that I I don't think it'll be. I think it's gonna be one of those things that like it's just gonna kind of get lost, and we're gonna get little bits of news here and there, and then eventually, um, it's gonna get settled. And it's just not going to be anything. I mean, think mm. about like some of the other stuff that's still going on. Like WWE is getting sued uh, 
and Vince is getting sued over stuff. There's still that active investigation going on with the Saudi stuff. No one's brought that up. That's like an international thing. That's that's a, a big issue. And then there's the XFL stuff. Like there are all these things. That they're all going to get just swept under the rug. The XFL thing got settled. Oh, they already see exactly. Like, and I didn't even know about it. Like, see, those things get are gonna just they're gonna get swept under. It's not gonna be that big a deal. It just uh, got settled shortly after the story broke. Yeah, that's not surprising to me, given the last few weeks I've had where I, I basically time traveled. For those who, uh, if you don't listen to our our other podcast, uh, um, Big Trouble Little Podcast, uh, yeah, I time traveled with my, my good friend COVID. So like two weeks have just been lost for me. Uh, but that being said, um. Yeah, I, it fits exactly what I just said. Like, it's it's not like it made a bunch of headlines, right? Mm-hmm. Like people weren't talking about like what happened. If, if if anything, I imagine it was a blip. Like, oh, they're settled, whatever, and then people moved on. People would much rather talk about what's this wrestler going to do next, or hey, this person was released uh, or didn't get their contract signed back from AEW, and they're mad because they felt like they weren't used as much. It's like, well, you're you're five foot six and Marco you're really Stunt. wrestling. <laughs> but anyway, uh, not to go on a tangent, but uh. But yeah, I don't think it's going to lead to anything. Uh, I, I don't think we have to give it too much more time. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about how Cody Rhodes didn't win money in the bank. Yeah, so I guess he was still too injured to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, which we talked the last episode we talked about it. I, he, he's primed and set as long as his recovery goes well. That pop returning for the Rumble and winning the Rumble, that is going to be insane. Like, that's, that's going to be a mega pop because they're – there's not a baby face in WWE, like a true like baby face in WWE right now. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is like at least at least in the world title picture, anyone even close to Roman Reigns, there's doesn't exist. And it's to the point that Cody's shadow is a bigger baby face than anyone else on the roster, actively on on TV. So pretty much, you, you just hold on to it, keep that, keep one in the chamber, and you wait and. And Vince says what he's doing. It's what we do every year. We usually slog through some of these things. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes uh, SummerSlam and some of the buildup around that and Survivor Series can be good. But usually it's you hold it and then you wait and then rumble. You, that's whenever he, he goes into that plan. So I, I'm looking forward to that. But uh, I thought, did you all catch Money in the Bank? Did you watch anything or highlights or anything at all? I watched highlights. Um, I'm I'm, ex- I'm happy for Liv Morgan. Um but at the same time, I'm like, I think she sh- should have held on to that briefcase a little bit. But then again, Ronda Rousey is fucking trash. I, I'm I'm going to say this out loud. Uh, I don't know what happened. I think... I know she, what happened. Okay, tell me. She didn't get her way and she got fucking butt hurt because she, she, she kayfabed herself. And she never got over that. And she doesn't want to be there anymore and it's obvious. Hmm. I think it's more than that, though. Like, her in-ring work is not as good as it was. Like, She's not into she, it anymore. She looks... Oh, so that, that's part of it. But she... The other thing is, like, she never had a promo game. And they're putting her in really bad spots. Like, um, what was the... I think it was this, either the Raw or the SmackDown before Money in the Bank. There was the the promo where she cut the line and gets shot. She's like, do you want a title, Shotzi? Or something. It was, like, cringeworthy. Ooh! Like, that's like suffered suck tash. <laughs> yeah, no, it was bad. Mm. And, but not even just the wording, but the delivery, too. And, and again, like, it's, to be fair, like, it's not like she's coming up with this. Like, she's no. being given the lines, but still, it, it, it just doesn't work. But Why, uh, why is she not a heel? 
Like, literally, she was hated when she left, and she was talking shit to the fans while she was on her little baby-making, uh, you know, vacation. Um, like, if I was a smart booker, I'd be fucking making her come back and shitting on the fans. Yeah, the same reason why Logan Paul's gonna be a face, even though he's gonna get booed. It's, it's because, I would imagine it's a contract thing. Like, she probably signed a contract, and and dictated that she wanted like some creative control or, or something and she doesn't want to be a heel she wants to be Goldberg but in female form mm. but it just doesn't work like wrestling is not MMA it's not it's not the same thing uh, so unfortunately you have to know when it's okay to play your part and it's okay to lose and, and play into whatever role it, like being booed's a good thing it's, it's being worked if people are getting mad at you because you're doing certain things that's, that's a good thing but it's better than no reaction, but people get lost on that. So I, I, I think that um, this run has been really bad. I th and I think that if anything, like maybe her stepping away and taking a break and coming back, kind of just like, you know, fresh coat of paint, and maybe she does come back as a heel, and like she'd be much better as like the the persona that Shayna Baszler had in NXT, where she just came in as a badass MMA fighter. I'm not gonna talk. I'm just gonna beat everyone's ass. Like, that would be a much better way to present um, present Rousey as, like, and she's just ruthless, and she doesn't care that she's hurting people. Like, she doesn't let go of submissions. She's she's going to try to hurt you after the match, even win or lose. Like, that would be a much better way to present her, because she doesn't have to talk. Um, which is sad, because also that would be a great way to do Shayna Baszler, but they fucked that up, too. But that's that's already lost. I, so. Shayna Baszler is a, is a person where it's like, she's great in the ring, but when she speaks, I'm kind of like, man, and I'm not going to sound very PC. She sounds retarded every time she speaks. I don't know if it's because of MMA, she got hit in the head too much. But, like, when she talks and does stuff, I'm kind of, and I don't know. It, well, it, you have that in common with her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so relatable, all right? Mm. Honestly, like, I, I think there are so many people that talk when they say things they sound so robotic and it doesn't sound real so it sounds really weird mm. and that's more related to the the nature of how wwe works right shana writing shana suffers from that yeah shana is more natural in her delivery than ronda is just like I she's agree. gotten used to that and she can mm -hmm. like she's not gonna cut some amazing promo but she can deliver her verbiage and it's kind of passable like mm -hmm. that that's basically where she's at whereas ronda's like ugh <laughs> don't let her talk any more than like maybe 10 seconds <laughs> yeah there's a big difference when someone opens their mouth and it makes you boo or you're like mad about it and then someone opening their mouth and what they you say cringe. is so bad that you want to change the channel that's a problem like I don't <laughs> even want to watch anymore because it's so bad like that um uh, who was the who was the big bald asshole that they had to let go he like stalked a bunch of people and had said that we were like like anti-homophobic stuff, but he actually was in a gay porno. What's oh, his name? Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan. Did you guys ever see some of the promos <laughs> when they, they did the repackage? And he had the promos where he sat in and talked about when he was a bully, and he made it sound like he like basically butt raped a bunch of children <laughs> to death. <laughs> that shit was fucking terrible to listen to. Like that was like I, I just why is this on television? This is awful. Like, it was the second coming of Heidenreich. I wanted Hyde I wanted Heidenreich and Lars Sullivan and Snitsky to all meet up and become like a, a stable. That's what I want. 
Yeah, no, it, it literally, when he was on television, it made me want to, like, just change to anything else. Like, <laughs> oh, it was so bad. Like, my balls hurt. It, it was bad. Um, so that's kind of how I feel sometimes with, with some of it. Like, if, if you get if you get that turned off by hearing a promo and you're turning the channel and enough people feel that way, then they need to step in and change it because they're going to lose product. And, and again, like, WWE's maybe in a different position than any other wrestling promotion because, like, the the like the system is so big now they're just a content machine like they're making so much money off of the the contracts they have for so long so like the viewership stuff doesn't even matter that much uh but eventually it will right so it will uh, yeah, I have a whole eventually about that yeah eventually it will catch up to them if they don't like you, you can't just be stale and like just write shit and then just come back in and say oh it looks like it matters now let's let's do some good stuff like yeah, if you but... keep it consistent it'll keep people watching we have Andy in the chat says you guys uh, get late. Uh, it's, I can't read. Maybe I am retarded. Uh, you guys get a uh, too late. A, I think Andy fucking wrote this terribly. You guys get to a late a start on your wrestle talk. It's past my bedtime. Did you have a stroke? What the fuck is wrong? That's what he wrote. You guys get too late a start. Uh, uh, let's see. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess so. I yeah, it's not like he had it. I thought that you were. I was worried about you, buddy. You smell Damn. burnt toast? No, I. <laughs> well, smell then eggs. Again, then again, I always smell burnt toast. Maybe I'm always having a stroke every time. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, stroking it. He's jelking over there. I know Lars Sullivan was stroking it. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. Hydrate stroking it. He yeah. Hide and raped Michael Cole. What was he, he was like, you know what was happening there. Lars Sullivan was getting pegged by another guy, but it was still a plastic dick. And he was like, I want you to treat me like Snitsky punts those babies. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, he wants to be treated like Michael Cole got treated by Heidenreich. Oh, yeah. God damn it, that promo. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, boy. I forgot. I'm go back to that. Mm, mm. That's what that is. No, no. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't know if I'd call it that. <laughs> that's, it that's what this is. This. That's some more that, that's, that, that's what... Uh, and you can't excellent, teach that. Excellent. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> High tier cringe. That's what that is. <laughs> the fuck is this episode? We're going to be up to 4 a.m. before we get this up. But I'm going to have the time of my life. I'm, I'm enjoying What's this. What's funny is oh, we're, we're going to get to the episodes and we're going to be like, yeah, this happened, this happened. And man, that Bret Hart match, man, with fucking Jerry to King Laura. And the episode's done. Uh, oh, Oh, go off something uh, you guys were saying. Uh, Paige left WWE recently. Her her contract finally expired. You think uh, she's going to a different promotion? I don't think so, actually. Uh, she's got her own business now, apparently. she I guess she runs like a coffee business or something. Um, I think she's looking into ways to be able to wrestle again actively. I don't think she's just going to recklessly try to wrestle again. I think she's going to try to get cleared mm -hmm. before she does she, but, she doesn't even need to her career is set she between the royalties she's getting on the movie that was made about her family and then um the uh the streaming setup she had there for a while like which she, she can do again she's got like so many different setups for revenue streams so like she, she doesn't have to wrestle unless she just absolutely wants to and she's cleared but um she got big titties for twitch so she's set so I think she's going to pull Ed. She's going to go away for like 10 years and come back. Because she's like, I'm going to buy my next fucked by. And then she'll, her neck will be unfucked because 
Oh. She didn't. She didn't fuck her neck for like ten years straight. So she did <laughs> ten years. Ten years of DDP yoga, and then it's like, I, magically, I'm in the best shape of my life. It's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, any other WWE uh, WWE news? I mean, we have Theory as the Money in the Bank. Um, yeah, he's been challenging John Cena. Oh, that's what I want to bring up. Mm-hmm. So I have this weird. Because WWE does this thing where, like, they do something good, but then they follow it up with something fucking trash. Uh, so I think what's going to happen with Theory, because after Money in the Bank, he called out John Cena and stuff. Uh, and then there's also rumors going around that John Cena is going to get his 17th championship, meaning passing Ric Flair. Um, so I have a feeling that... Um, Theory is going to challenge John Cena, but then John Cena is going to do a stipulation where you put that money in the bank briefcase on the line, and he wins John Cena. Uh, and whoever, uh, you know, wins... I, I don't know who he's going to cash in on, because if he cashes in on Cody Rhodes, <laughs> that'd be fucking hilarious. Like, if Cody Rhodes wins at WrestleMania, <laughs> gets it. Uh, you mean we finally get the John Cena heel turn? I don't think this is going to happen. They're not going to yeah. set John up for that. I think John's, yeah. they're setting John up to put Theory over. Mm-hmm. And Theory's going to hang on to that thing like Edge. He's going to hang on to it for like almost a year. Mm-hmm. He's going to wait till Cody wins. Then he's going to fuck him. And then he's going to get so much heat. I would yeah. like that. I, I either think that's going to happen or I actually wouldn't be surprised if they let him hold it for a while. Then Vince gets tired of him and because he's like a new toy. And then he fails to cash in. Like it happened to Baron Corbin. It's mm-hmm. Exactly what happened to him. And then he became just... he turned into the Applebee's waiter there for a while, and then King Corbin and all that nonsense. Um, I don't know, but but anyway, well, I, I I could see I could see either way. Um, something fucky is going to happen, and that that uh, cash in is not going to lead to someone winning a title. Mm, that's just me. I don't know. There's a big difference between Austin Theory and Baron Corbin too. Because especially like you, oh yeah, this oh, guy's yeah. big. He's got a he's got a widow's peak like Vegeta, and <laughs> he fucking found out like after a little while. Like I thought they called Corbin up too fast from NXT mm-hmm. personally. Like I yeah. thought, yeah, he's progressing, and then all of a sudden he's just on the main roster. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. And, he definitely and, he definitely got launched too like prematurely. I actually really like Corbin, and I actually think you know, a lot of his work is low key. Like it's actually some of the best in their company. Like you go back at certain time periods, like at some points he was probably working better than most people at the company just because of what his role was. But yeah, the problem is is that if you're too good at what you do for Vince, that actually becomes a problem. That's what hurts you. It's that's exactly why our truth will never get anywhere close to a big title even though the man has worked so hard and like, and probably deserves to have like a world title reign to his name, but he's too good at what he does with the comedy. Um, I think truth is okay with that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he's fine with it. Right. Like he's fine with it, but like in just the perspective of like what he's done in his body of work, it's like, oh, you know what? It'd be cool if he got that, but it doesn't fit the character anymore. Um, no. Sami Zayn's kind of in the same role because anything that he gets handed, he, he can turn into something useful. So the problem is if you're too good at that, then Vince is never going to move you anywhere because you become his Swiss Army knife. Kind of like the, the there's the thing is is like I really think Austin Theory is like that uh, prototypical wrestler Vince always wants to find. 
that that's him more than any of these other people like Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. He's got everything Vince wants. That's true. He's he, young. He, he's in shape. He's got charisma. He can cut promos. He's an asshole. Man. Yeah, well, and eventually, if they if they lean into that, let him get the heat and stuff. Eventually, he people will like him. Like so, it'll probably work out. Um, I can't ever unsee it now. He looks like the pot of grief card in Yu-Gi-Oh. I and love it. Like when someone said that on Reddit, I it was the funniest thing I, I'd seen that day. I was like, I, yep. By the way, rest in peace, the Yu-Gi-Oh creator. Snor- oh yeah, that did happen today. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he died. Oh, rip. Yeah, yeah snorkeling. Snork <laughs> what? Yeah, he died. Yeah. He got he underwater, mm-hmm. and someone activated their trap card, and he got fucked. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry, fucked, that's way man. too soon. I, I feel bad about even saying that now. I, <laughs> rip. Yeah, I had some fun times playing Yu-Gi-Oh when I was in middle school. It got me through some dark oh, times, man. so, so that rip. Was my, that, was my out. that was my That was my card game of choice. It was Yu-Gi-Oh for a few years. I, I did a weird thing. I, I went Pokemon because I was a kid into Magic, but Magic was way too complicated, so then I, I became edgy, t- like, early teens so i did Yu-Gi-Oh, and then i went back to magic and now i'm just i'm on crack but so a little off topic because of Yu-Gi-Oh, um and it, it relates to wrestling because it was the wrestling game so one of the wwe 2k games we were having like a uh a, a, a kind of like a show called book it where we would have like custom superstars that we would make or download and then put them and book them in matches so <laughs> we took one of the Yu-Gi-Oh characters <laughs> and put him in edge attire so we go, rated R Yu-Gi-Oh star. <laughs> but yeah. Is that Bandit Keith? Is that who that was? I don't know. I'm not well versed in Yu-Gi-Oh. My friend was, so like. Oh, that's too deep of a cut. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. No, he, he was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kaiba. I, I, <laughs> I get you. Kaiba's not, Kaiba's not gri- grimy enough like Bandit Keith is, though. Oh, I guess that's true, yeah. Bandit Keith is... Mm, Bandit that's, Keith that's cool. is Edge. It is Edge yeah. in Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Andy wrote in the chat, and I, I'm waiting to hear that some rights from Yu-Gi-Oh were reverting from Konami or something and then mysteriously drowned while snorkeling. So, he got Clinton by Konami? That'd be fucking hot. They have Yakuza connections, allegedly. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> um... What else is there to talk about? Uh, we get an AEW if you want. I don't know what other WWE news that we can talk about. The uh, business is up, apparently. Yeah. Um, they're doing better ratings than AEW. Um, which That's not hard. Especially but, well, yeah. when you keep showing everybody a bunch of fucking Japanese people. Nobody knows, and they expect you to know. Oh, calm down. Calm down. I'm just saying, it, 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 did I say anything wrong? Well, okay, you you have a point, but <laughs> but at the same time, there are, there are a lot of people that are familiar with uh, the people they're bringing in J- in JPW. I, I think overall that that month was it was successful in spite of itself. Sure, like like the pay per view card of Forbidden Door. I guess we're already there for that transition. Forbidden Door, top to bottom, was a great show to watch, despite that the build sucked. The build sounded fucking together. awful from the it way was I very, heard. It was very slapstick, but the show itself was really good. I like actually, I don't think there was a bad match on the card. Like everything was at least okay to watch. It's really good. I I enjoyed it. Uh, definitely like from start to finish, probably one of the better um, pay per views I watched. And also, it wasn't like AEW's had this problem lately where the pay per views are starting to get a little too long. Like they're drawn out, so you're just exhausted. 
this pay-per-view was pretty easy easy to digest like it actually moved pretty well like it was paced well i didn't feel exhausted by the time i was ready to watch the main event um so i i really liked the show i i really enjoyed it a lot um i don't know how it, uh dubs feels about it or not um orange cassidy versus um oh no oh shit match of the night uh, for Os- me will osprey well, oh absolutely yeah match of the oh, night oh god uh, like, just give Will Ospreay all the belts and let him be the biggest dickhead in the world, please. And I hate Orange Cassidy. Match of the night. He, like, yeah. w- when he's wrestling, uh, when he's not doing his stupid hands-in-the-pocket thing, I dig mm-hmm. him because he's awesome. Um, he but I'm, like, I'm not, I'm not going to be that person where I go, it's stupid and I want it gone. I mean, if people love it, then keep it. If, it, if, if it's over then use it but I think at some point at some point he's going to need to evolve into a joke into something serious in my opinion mm-hmm. I, I, I agree I think what happens is that again a, and actually this has picked up recently it's you know there was a slump there where AEW is not doing a good job of keeping back up with their longer like storytelling they were kind of just throwing shit together like the build up from uh between um, Revolution to Double or Nothing was not very... It was pretty weak compared to the other builds it had in the last year. Um, that being said, um, Orange Cassidy, you know, he's the match he had with Will Ospreay was probably the best match he's had, period, but the only one to compare it to is when he faced Pac back uh, in 2020 pre-COVID um, because that was when, in storyline-wise, like he finally showed a lot of people what he could actually do. So there are a lot of people that, you know, AEW is the first time they've heard of Orange Cassidy, myself included. And when they're watching him, they're seeing this gimmick and they're like, oh, this is kind of boring. It's kind of dumb. Maybe it's cool. But hey, you know what? There are younger people and kids that like it. So, hey, if it's working, it's fine. But then when he actually can go, that guy can fucking go. So I think the problem is once you've exposed that, for especially for the people that are faithfully watching and keeping up with it, you don't need to go back to, I'm just going to act like I'm not good enough to do it or too cool. It's, you can go ahead and just open the doors open. You can go ahead and, and let him wrestle and, like you said, evolve into this wrestler that's really doing things. He can still be, like, the kind of guy that's like, ah, oh, whatever, I don't really care. Yeah. But he doesn't have to just automatically just do all the same gimmicky things. So that is the one change I'd like to see. He's definitely a character that benefits from a bloated roster because him rotating on and off screen helps. Because if he's consistently on television, especially if they're not – if they're going to have him keep doing the gimmicky type of stuff, then it gets stale. Um, so him being injured actually was to his benefit, and that match with, with Osprey was great. Um, I, I would say a close second, the Claudio-Zack uh, Sabre Jr. match was really good. I, it, it depends if you're into technical wrestling, but like there was some like heart dungeon shit going on. Zack Sabre Jr. is like an octopus that only has four legs or four tentacles. That, that man is like insane with how he moves around. Um I it like does make you. Yeah, he he wrestles a lot of the classic uh, world sport style mostly, mm-hmm. and he's also you know. an asshole. He's also he's like a... that's that's why I like uh, Will Osprey. There's something about great technical or like great athletic wrestlers that are British that are also just complete pricks. Well, he, like he's embraced his wrestler. He's embraced his assholishness fairly recently, mm-hmm. and I think it's worked for him. It looks like he's kind of put on a little bit of size too since the last time I saw him which was like the cruiserweight classic in WWE oh yeah he's definitely put on weight same with Osprey Osprey before he um, like the last couple of years where he's he's made his run and now in um, in uh, New Japan like he's put on a bunch of weight too and it's benefited him cough cough Adam Cole uh, but uh, 
Again, I, I will go there. We'll make a little bit of people butt hurt, and then we'll lose the few viewers we have. No, but, we need to hurt uh, their butts. They need to hear the truth. It, it is true. Like, it, it's going to help you because the whole thing – what is the point of wrestling, right? The point of wrestling is you – it's it's a form of theater or a form of art, and the whole point is to suspend my, my disbelief. Like, you can sell to me that what I'm watching is real and that it, I can get into it and be invested. And it's hard to be invested if progressively, like – you're, what you're doing is getting stale and you, it just doesn't look real. Like I like, let's be realistic. Does it even make sense at all that Wardlow and Adam Cole could have a match and Adam Cole would even stand a chance? Only fuck no. Only I'm, I'm talking in a vacuum. Like there's no fucking way he would fuck. He just like yesterday. I'm talking about the the most recent episode. He he just like annihilated um, Scorpio Sky and like six former like UFC like or MMA fighters uh, to win the TNT championship. The guy just looks like an absolute, like, bull. Like, there's no, no one that's going to stop him. And Adam Cole's just, like, flabby, like, hey, whatever. And, again, it doesn't mean he's not a great guy. We're talking about, like, what you've built on television and your character. It just doesn't present well. Um, and you gotta you got to be able to adapt. If, I swear, if you just put on a little bit of mass, like, he'd go a long way because his character and, like, some of his wrestling work is good. I, I really like counter-wrestling. I love that, like, when people take the typical spots and change them a little bit so that you, you counter what the person does. I, I personally love that type of stuff. I just would like to see that it looks a little more like I can buy into it because when I watch it, it's like, uh, I, I'm not, I'm just not emotionally connected to it. Mm-hmm. I know I'm ranting a bit. Sorry. I just cut me off whenever you need to, but uh, all right, shut up. Anyway, there you uh, go. Andy's right. Uh, <laughs> wrestling's about settling beefs and uh, Cole needs to eat more beef. He might need to take some supplements. And he says this guy is a bull. The other guy is an octopus. Is Chaz watching wrestling or Animal Planet? <laughs> both. Wrestling is both. Oh, and for the uh, Forbidden Door, I don't want to like go into it too much because we have to eventually uh, finish this episode. Uh, second, the second best uh, match is when you know Claudio, um, aka Cesaro got announced as Daniel Bryan's uh, replacement against Zack Sabre Jr. And I believe that was the second best match. Uh, Very technical. Uh, I want to quickly go into how they should pretty much do, like, this whole Forbidden Door. Where, like, a lot of people go, well, you need to do, like, an invasion angle. And I think that's, like, lame most of the time. I I think what they should do is they should talk smack to each other. Where like they could be like we're the better promotion, uh, and then like during their matches they like steal their the other opponents like moves and shit. Like you do like those soft subtle things, and you go to the media. Like if you get like a, these media people eat the shit up where they like have an interview calling the other promotion out. Like I want to see something like that, something very anime like <laughs> with with New Japan. Um, where it's like they're either, you know, they're the hero and, you know, AEW is the villain or vice versa. Like, they have their own point of view. That's how I would do the next one because apparently there's rumors that the next Forbidden Door is apparently going to be in Japan. Um, which is interesting. Uh, I don't know how that will sell with AEW. I know there's hardcore fans, but if you're trying to grab the casuals, I don't know if that will work. Um yeah. Right. So my fantasy booking for this. It'll never happen, but Tony Khan's paid someone to listen to all of the all of the internet and podcast 
dredge that's out there, so someone will hear it. And God damn it, it's a good idea. You need to, when you book Forbidden Door, you need to get some type of contract. You need to get Anita, the, the OG, hardcore, deathmatch king. You need to get him on board, and we need to redo an exploding barbar deathmatch and do it the right way. Do it in Japan. Let that guy put people out on, the, on a ring in the water and blow up fucking boats and shit like he did in the 90s. Do it the right way. Like, make it look like people got fucking murdered. And it will be the greatest thing we've ever seen. That's all I gotta do. If you can't do that, easy way out is uh, Blood and Guts and is going to be this annual thing anyway. They've, they've already kind of made that clear. If you needed to, you could tie in Blood and Guts and Forbidden Door together and do... Uh, Jesus. <laughs> you, 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 uh, I wouldn't mind like a Bullet Club versus Elite type of thing if they build to it over a year or something, or a United Empire versus Elite or something like that, and you can do it within Blood and Guts. But the way to really do it is like hold on to the card and and Tony's been on record to say they will come back to the death match. They need to fix it. You know? I Brian Danielson should fight Naruto. That, that's what should happen. He can't fight Naruto, Brian. Brian Believe Daniels it, he can. Naruto. He is Naruto. He can't fight himself. Yes, he can. He does that ninja shit where he can make like clones, clones of himself. He can fight himself. I have the best yeah. match ever. I, I still think this is the best hug that I saw uh, from uh, what's his face. It's also the most awkward because you can see Okada's like, "Okay, get the fuck off of me, Gaijin." Like, <laughs> uh, Claudio. <laughs> He looks like he's gonna fucking cry. Seriously, uh, White Claw Tony's the best Tony. It, it is. It is some funny stuff. I I appreciate that. It, it doesn't matter. Like what AEW is to and God. I hate saying this. I'm saying it for the memes, but it is. What if someone that used to watch ECW in the '90s, like way more, like was way more invested in ECW than anyone else, actually had money 20 years later and, and founded a wrestling company? That's exactly what AEW is, because he he was literally one of those like teenagers that was on forums in the '90s, like talking about, oh, they need to do this and that. And Tommy Dreamers like needs to do this and like was fantasy booking ECW stuff on like forums running AOL and shit. And now it's like, oh, well, it just so happens his dad's a billionaire, and so is he now through inheritance and the things he already does with uh, with Jacksonville and um, I, I can't remember the fucking soccer team. Oh my god, uh, dude! Hold on a second. What? Is- Oh, did you find something bad? I, that's also uh If, if Tony Khan's right? hugging a giant, like, space dick, I don't need to see oh, it. I just keep on finding more. <laughs> this guy's passionate, man. He gets hugs. He's a hugger. Remember the, the picture I showed you? Where he's <laughs> the the Bailey hugger? Works? Yeah, that was pretty good, actually. That was but, funny. Uh, but, I mean, all joking aside, like, it's fine. I, I actually do appreciate it. That he enjoys. Oh my goodness! I, he looks like such a. <laughs> uh, I I enjoy the fact that he's passionate about what he does. He gives these hugs, but it just is what it is. But thankfully, he's not an on-screen character. Could you imagine if he was like doing the Eric Bischoff like GM type of thing, and he was out there giving hugs and shit, and like you've got you've got nine days, we're gonna have a championship. It's gonna be a great show. Everybody watch. Just go on. The difference is. When Eric Bischoff would give somebody a hug on camera, he would be looking directly at the camera and doing that, that fucking grin. He's like, I got him. <laughs> he's going to fuck him. By the but way, yeah. I, I, the hiding right grin. 
Yeah, I, the Heidreich great grin. I tweeted this a long time ago because I got to find it. But I tweeted this. I was like, oh, man, Tony, Tony Khan with the uh, Iron Sheik. And, like, people were fucking trashing me. But that's, that's his father. That's his dad. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking funny shit, though. Yeah, that, whenever Iron Sheik says something about fuck Hulk Hogan, and you just can't help but laugh. He's got the Iron Sheik mustache, though. He, he does have the Sheik mustache. I, I love that no matter what is going on in the world, Iron Sheik will go out of his way and be like, Merry Christmas to everyone except Hulk Hogan. Fuck him. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck Hulk Hogan. No good son of a bitch. Piece of shit, person. motherfucker. I suplex yeah. you. I break your back. I put you in the camel clutch. I make you humble. That's how you say it. Um, another... Any, like, I guess we could go with Blood and Guts. Uh, what do you think of the... Blood and Guts? I... I don't know what it is about Blood and Guts versus War Games, but every time AEW does a Blood and Guts, it seems like very PG, even though they try to do some like crazy shit. Like, obviously, remember when Jericho got thrown off and like it was clearly like <laughs> rubbery metal things that they had. Uh, and then in this one, uh, Eddie like throws Sammy Guevara and he does like a a flip onto the table but you could tell the tables were all uh you know cushion proof on the bottom yeah and i i don't think that was too bad like i mean it's a thing is like it's it's a catch 22 it's like like you you can only do so much to make it look so bad like no one's ever like i think the problem is everyone's chasing um the dragon right everyone is trying to chase uh 1998 right no one is ever going to recreate the Undertaker, Mankind, Hell in a Cell. If they do, they probably shouldn't be working anymore because that shit was crazy. And a lot of it that happened was on accident anyway. So, we'll <laughs> <give me> that. <laughs> All that. that. <laughs> Damn it, stop, you troll. Oh, that's so fucking funny. No, never stop. Never stop. Keep finding pictures of the hug. That's what people. I need. I need Tony Khan to be on top of one of these cages and just hug someone and take them off with him. Like the if death Tony hug. Khan ever wrestles a match, his finisher has to be a belly-to-belly suplex. He has to passionately hug somebody and then look really <laughs> angry and then suplex them. Yeah, that's, so that's the belly-to-belly. He does the belly-to-belly. Andy's right. I hate when they fucking do bullshit, like put crash pads and shit. It needs to be like you need to be like Mick Foley and have some fucking balls and just fly off the damn cage. I'm not and saying it. Do it. I'm not saying it. The only thing I'm saying is like they always have to have a spot. Like you. Well, know, yeah, well, I know what you're saying. Fucking do. What are you, it, you know, it's a thing though. It's like if they didn't have the spot, let's say they had blood and guts, and no one ever climbed out, no one ever got on top of the cage, they didn't jump out, they didn't have any big spot, and it just ended in the ring. Everybody was like, well, that was really boring. It's like it's like one of those things you can't do. Now yeah. the argument is to a point like, okay, if you can't make something look good without it being way too dangerous, then just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think the Sammy thing was great. Like if you took away what happened last year with Jericho, I don't think anyone would be talking about what we saw with Sammy. But because the, think about like what WWE does all the time. But with the problem is this. Spot. The problem is this. Like Mick Foley is a crazy fuck. We have to say that in. Uh, in the beginning like he'll do anything to put over a show and when he like told undertaker to like push me off like there was no hesitation every time they do a spot in AEW there you could always tell the hesitation and that's not that's not their fault because they don't want to die they're not like Mick Foley <laughs> and 
And that's a problem in my opinion, because like when you're going for those spots, like when was the last NXT War Games where you saw someone go on top of the ring and do like a Mick Foley spot? I don't. Um, I don't remember one. Well, they didn't because they don't. The War Games that they did in NXT doesn't have a, t a cage top. They they do the they do an actual cage without a, like a Hell in a Cell type of thing. Mm -hmm. So they don't they don't actually have a cage top. So they uh, usually and actually they do the spot every time anyway. That someone climbs to the top and someone jumps off and does something. Props. The best one that I think they ever had actually was when Pat McAfee got up there and did a fucking moonsault on everybody, and it was only his second fucking match ever. So props to him. But uh, let's go Mountaineers. Uh, but anyway, uh, as far as uh, as far as that goes, I. I don't mind the fact that the spot's there for the sake of it. Again, if they if they overdid like set the setup so it looked like someone went through a bunch of cardboard and stuff, it looked bad, and that's what happened with Jericho. But you're kind of missing the point. Like if you're getting that lost in it, it's it's like that whole thing of like you're looking for too much because there are plenty of other times we're watching stuff where camera tricks and smoke and mirrors were being used to make one thing look like it. Like I mean, think two years ago, right? Where Money in the Bank just happened, but two years ago for Money in the Bank. Baron Corbin threw two people off a fucking roof, and they were amazing. on. And they were on television the next night. No one said a goddamn word about it. Rey Mysterio died. Yeah, and uh, Malachi Black, or well, he was Alistair, and then and his eyes. That's why he has that traumatic head injury that keeps like taking yeah. over his face. Yeah, it's, since we were talking about it before our show actually started, if you want to know why the reason it is the way it is now, it's because it's because of what happened June in two thousand seven, whenever. Oh, Whatever Benoit did, what he did, and we'll leave it at that. But like, that that changed everything in terms of safety, and it's it's actually for the better ultimately. Like, we don't want people to go out and have CTE and go out and like have all these problems. I, I don't want anybody to have that. I don't need that for my entertainment. But at the same time, I, I, I you have a point. Like, there's still validity to what you're saying in that if you can't make it at least look realistic and you're completely lost on it, then you probably shouldn't do it. But that being said, I'm not there yet. Like, I, Blood and Guts, I'm fine with it. I'm not hung up on it. Um, but we'll see. It, it was fine. I, I, I didn't think it was, like, anything great. But it's also because the build was weird with the Forbidden Door stuff. But I'll say this real quick about the, the, the spots or the crash pads thing. and uh, We'll leave it at that. Um, like how there's always, like, a double standard thing where, like, everybody will be like, oh, the WWE people, they always want to make fun of this. Well, in this case, it's like the reverse, because anytime, you know every time Shane has to do some fucking stupid bullshit where he jumps off of the hell in the cell and shit, and there's mm -hmm. obviously a crash pattern underneath there, nobody ever gives him shit when he does that. Exactly. Like, mm -hmm. like why Why does he get a pass? It, so, it, no, and then they've been doing that, like, what I said, 2007. If you go back and look, wrestling changed and it's never looked back. Like, unless you're watching GCW and you're watching Nick Gage, like, cut people to fucking death, or you're watching people actually try to stab each other. That's, which that's something shit. that happened just in the last week. Did you guys see that? Uh, the, was, um, they stopped the match because of light, light, light bulb. It was, light, it was GCW. Yeah, the light tube. It was GCW. It, yeah, yeah, they just like, had the light tube thing where a guy stabbed someone else, and it was, like, crazy. Like, that Fuck shit shouldn't be shit. happening. Exactly, no. that's stupid. Like, you're, you're gonna die in the ring for what, like, the hundred people that are sitting there watching? Like, that's that's insane. Like, Bunch of goddamn have... marks, they're kayfabing themselves. I, I don't need that shit, but, like, uh, <laughs> the... As far as, as far as how things are sold, like, I want it to be safe. I don't want them to put their safety... Like, their safety's already at risk anyway. What they do is still bad. Look at Big E. Like, Big E 
had a near life threatening injury just by being dropped on his head and it's an accident that could totally happen at any time and we still don't know if he'll ever even wrestle again the fact that that man doesn't have like paralysis or anything is like great so like surgery's off the table for him by the way uh he gave an update recently yeah they're gonna uh, yeah they gave an update they're gonna review again so he's out he's on the shelf for at least another six to nine months but then they're going to review and and see if uh his c1 starts to develop uh any uh fusion uh yeah but as as far as that goes like what they already do is dangerous you don't necessarily need to do things that are just way too far like don't do anything that's unnecessary like uh a more recent example uh the matt hardy sammy guevara thing remember whenever they feud oh that was horrible and they had the match where he fell on his head after uh um the uh spot being thrown off of that um uh, I can't remember. It was like an elevated area or something. He, he fell off, off a of forklift. They were the like forklift. on a pallet on a fucking forklift. That's what it was a pallet. Yeah, he's on a forklift. He fell off, and then they continued the match. Like that was the absolute wrong decision. Like it's fucking stupid. They, I, th- I think that was Matt call. I Matt is hard. Let the guy who had the concussion make the call. Yeah. <laughs> well, at that point, like, and this is take it for what it is. This is a doctor's take on that. Like, you have no idea at that time, right there. He he could have a skull fracture. He could have an internal. Uh, intracranial bleed you don't know he could die later die he could literally die within the next few hours yeah you have to take him out of there like that well so what happens if that goes the other way and they continue that match and then overnight he did have a subdural hematoma uh any or an epidural and he bled out didn't something similar happen with ray mysterio where he was facing someone in a promotion and like he died yeah, in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, the guy that later on had a hematoma and died. Exactly that. Mm. And again, you're in the adrenaline, like you're in the moment. That's fine. But that's exactly why the physicians on the side and the trainers on the side are there to stop the wrestlers. They're there to prevent themselves from going too far. Yeah, doctor talk. Appreciate it. But it, <laughs> again, it ties into the safety thing. Like, there's a reason those things are in place. We. It's the same reason why people aren't taking vicious headshots. Because then it'll take, like, so many of them. Then 15 years later, it run for... Uh, a, an elected official office and say a bunch of dumb shit on Twitter. Um, he would have said that shit anyway. And, uh, that's fair. Yeah. Let, Get let, at me, Kate. Let, <laughs> me, let me put it this way. Like, I'm not advocating like they should be like Mick Foley. My thing is, like, look at AEW's product right now. It's a spot fest that has dangerous spots sometimes. And that's why you're having people that sometimes? are... Sometimes? Yeah, most of the yeah, time. It's, it's a little loose, but... Yeah. It, it is. It's it's loose, but at the same time, it's not. I don't. I don't know. It's it's definitely a little more. It's definitely more loose cannon than the WWE is. But at the same time, I I think that again, it could be worse. I don't. I don't know. There's like it's a middle ground, right? Well, look at the arguments that were made when W when AEW first started. They're like, well, look, WWE has all those house shows, and then they're doing like three shows per week, and plus house shows, and then pay per views, and their bodies being trash. And then you have something like AEW where you have two shows, uh, which is done on the same day. You have Dynamite and then Rampage uh, tapings. And then you have the dark and dark elevation. Those are just for like the the people that are working to get onto the main show. You the, wrestle once a week. Most yeah. of these guys are wrestling once a week. But it's yeah. th- they're not compensated. Like the the yeah. risky move is making it even worse than what WWE is doing because w- I don't know about that. So that's the thing though is it looks like it's worse, but in a lot of cases, the as far as like the data for injuries and stuff, like they have more time off to heal. You have people that are rotating off. Um, and one thing that, that we don't know for sure is we have no idea what 
like financially what contract sta- status is like how are these guys getting paid what's their health insurance and coverage like that look like video games Those... andy i'm yeah. sorry they yeah, play video video games. yeah they play they, they stream on twitch like we do um so <laughs> but but for real though like we yeah, we don't know so that's the one thing you can't factor into this but um now the only difference is is they only wrestle once to maybe twice a week for AEW. But a lot of these guys can still go off and wrestle in the promotions. A lot of them are. Yeah. They're grinding. I think that's the old way. That's the territorial way. So that's fine. But, um, I mean, there are people that literally were working 300 plus days a week on the road for WWE. So at that point, again, we talked about it. At a baseline, when you're even doing just the normal stuff, you're not doing all this, like, um, spot fest or deathmatch type of stuff. When you're working, if you're doing it that many times, it is going to take a toll. And, again, up until the last 15 years, WWE wasn't the safest either. It's changed a lot, and it's and for the better. But uh, I think that uh, there's middle ground there. And I, I'll defend that. I'll, I'll die on that hill. I, I think that it, they do a better job of making things look like they're higher stakes without they're actually being that way because they still take from the tactics from uh, the territories. Like, uh, now again, the, the main thing for me is, like, it's not a John Moxley match unless he bleeds to death, right? Like, that man's got to just basically have a cut and his whole face would be red. But, like, um, you know, they're big on bleeding and they're they're big on, on certain spots. Um, again, I think to a point it takes away because there's diminishing returns. I, I think that's sure. the bigger thing is I, I actually think it's safer than it looks, but I think the detriment is it's like a dive. Like, if everyone does a dive in every match, then every dive that happens after the first one doesn't seem as impactful. Uh, um, you and could, that's wrestling in general. That's just the evolution. We we can literally be here all night talking about this. I know but, we need, uh, we we need to move on soon, but I just want to bring this up real <laughs> quick. Because um, Andy says, do they have health insurance through AEW or benefits at all? What I remember, what I remember in the beginning is that all the VPs had benefits, meaning the Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, the Kenny Omega, and Adam Page. Uh, the office wrestlers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had benefits. The other wrestlers, I believe. I mean, I'm pretty sure they have a, like an open house kind of thing where like the, the 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 doctors at AEW they're probably I don't know doing diagnoses and all that stuff, which they shouldn't be doing. I think, right? That's isn't that bad? Bad malpractice. Not, not necessarily. I mean, again, if I were in the right position with uh, with training and stuff, like I would look into becoming a physician there. It'd be, it'd be kind of cool to go on the road and travel, but. I'm actually not far from it. I just have to do one more year in specialty training, and I could I could go and do. That it was my question. I, I was gonna ask you guys like if Tony Cod like called you up as, and well first hugged you and then. Uh, um... Yeah, you got to get a picture of him hugging. Oh, you didn't have to ask the question. I've actually looked on the line to see if they were replying. Like they're not hiring, but yeah, I've I've actually looked into it because I'd have to do a year fellowship. Um, financially, that would hurt because I'd have to do my train. I, my pay would go down dramatically, but I, I could go and do one year of training in sports medicine and then I could just do the Earl, Earl Hepner thing just fucking sell your own merch while you're there, <laughs> there it is. I just saw my magic cards that'll be fine the Tony Khan hug is the Triple H point at the, the guy and grin <laughs> that, that's what that is now uh, any other news that we want to talk about uh, I mean Wardlow is the new TNT champion uh, rest in peace uh, Scorpio Sky I guess uh yeah. Uh, yeah, and I like the troll that immediately happened. Sammy Guevara was like, "Ah, good job, Wardlow. Now I can challenge for the TNT Championship again." Just trolling people. I, I actually respected that. This was pretty funny because mm-hmm. uh, 
Yeah, everybody, like, he was such an asshole on TV. Uh, but he wasn't, like, he was supposed to be the face. Like, it's fine if he's a heel. It's it's not if he's not supposed to be the heel. But that's its own problem. But uh, FDR's the best. Give them all the gold. Uh, they're going to, we're thinking we're waiting, but they're going to defend their ROH titles against the Briscoes at the upcoming ROH pay-per-view, which I think will be a big match. Because as of, to, like, today, that's their first match back in uh, on WrestleMania weekend. Um, and the ROH Supercard, that's probably the best tag team match that's happened all year. It's one of the best matches that's happened. So um, if you haven't watched it, go go and watch it. So to watch them run it back would be really good. I'm hopeful they're going to set up the main event for All Out eventually, which will be FTR versus Young Bucks, uh, and let them go for all the belts, which would include the AAA Tag Championships, AEW Tag Championship. ROH tag championship and uh, the IWGP tag belts. That that would just be a really cool like uh, winner take all type of thing. But uh, I don't know. We may not get it. We'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know every other wrestler we haven't talked about is is hurt because everyone got hurt in June. Hooray! <laughs> that is what it is. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Fucking Andy's doing like. FDR, they got dead presidents wrestling? Yes. FTR. <laughs> Fuck the revival. <laughs> <sighs> right, any... I thought it was I thought it was Fear the Rest Hold, but that's just me. Alright, are we uh diving into the episodes or do we have any other news you want to bring up? I'm already knee deep in shit. Let's just do it. Knee deep. Alright. Zach, uh I'm gonna let you take it away. Okay. Um, we got a snazzy new opening with the Atlanta skyline at night, brother. That that, that awesome CG, you know, those fucking, all those helicopter shots they got. <laughs> I li- I liked it. It was super nineties. Uh, then Tony's with Dustin, who's talking about a partner he's gonna have for a match against Rick Rude at the next Clash Champions. He doesn't say who he is, but he says that Rick knows him. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's really fucking fake. I got a guy. <laughs> I got a guy. I know who it is. It's my theory. It's it's Dusty. Yeah, it's probably Dusty. It's, I think it's Dusty. <laughs> and then we get into the match. And speak of the devil, look who it is. It's it's Uncle Chris with with Bobby Eaton. <laughs> the uh, beautiful Bobby Eaton Chris, versus the Cole twins. Chris, the family man, Benoit. Hey, Jordan Grace said that he can't hang with modern <laughs> you wrestlers. Asshole. He, she said that, and that's horseshit. And I don't care. I don't care what the fuck happened. It's the facts is the facts. Hitler was a decent landscape painter too. Okay, it's just what that's. Just, you gotta stick with the facts and not let other shit cloud your judgment. Uh, oh my goodness! I heard you Hitler was a great apples painter. And oranges. <laughs> those oranges also wanted all the Jews to die. Like you can't do that. Ah, oh, come on. No, I uh, the, the Chris. I, I'll just say it. Like Chris Benoit was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. So I, I was kind of tuned out right before everything that happened with his family, and that was heartbreaking. And it turned me off of wrestling for a little while. Like I was kind of just like not even like looking at it anymore. It was fucked up, man. Yeah, it was. It, it really hurt. And then like to go back and uh, what actually drew me back into wrestling uh, over the last couple years was. Um, watching dark side and watching the Benoit thing. And I cried like a baby watching that. Like it was upsetting anyway, just a couple different reasons. But, um, it was, but Eddie and Chris were two of my favorite wrestlers growing up. Yeah. And, uh, like 
again, it doesn't mean that it, like it's. I we won't go into the the specifics of of all the horrible things, but as far as going back and watching those matches and stuff, like they're still there. Like technically, it's still there. That being said, I don't know how you guys feel about this matchup, but um, I would not say it is the brightest star of things that Chris Benoit has done in his. Oh no, he did in his career. Um, no. Shout out to Bobby Eaton though, being the guy that always like did the work. Like, what an underrated person. Like, just all, all these people had these great things to say about him. Uh, also, rest in peace. Because yeah, he he passed away what uh, within the last couple of years. I knew it happened within the, he, the COVID. He passed pandemic. away last summer. Yeah, it was last year, and uh, people had all these just wonderful things to say about Bobby Eaton. Uh, about he was always looking for a way to put someone over and make them look better, like what selfless worker, um, good guy. But he and Ric Flair is glowing endorsement. Ric Flair said he is absolutely one of the best like wrestlers like he's been in the ring with ever. Mm-hmm. So take that for what it is. Dick swinging, think... you know, oldest ride, longest line. If he ha- he says that about Woo! you. I- that means something, baby. Woo! There's a that guy's hair's irresponsible. No, it's fucking amazing, is what it is. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's like it's like if Guile was more of a badass and he decided to grow a mullet. That's like what that is. That, no, <laughs> what that looks like this is what that looks like. It, it, this looks like uh, a bunch of fucking incels that lived out in the trailer park, out where I grew up in Southern so West you. Virginia. So you? No, no, not me. My neighbors. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I didn't have blonde hair like this, but they they just yeah, watched yeah. Rocky Four, and for whatever reason, they actually sympathized with Ivan Drago, and they were like, "I want that," but they, they refused to cut the rat tail. So this is the compromise. I mean, Ivan Drago got forced to do that shit. I mean, you don't you don't know what he went through. I, I mean, I don't know. Listen, I, all I know is America. I, anyway, <laughs> I don't uh, want me to say the Coles against. Beautiful Bobby and Chris Benoit, and it's like they—they they have a match. Basically, it's not squash or anything. Fuck yeah, Andy's right. <laughs> if you had an Andy on Camaro, carried skull. <laughs> Actually, yeah, Andy's got the right <laughs> idea. For, I am so happy now. By the way, midway through this live stream, I realized that we're actually like live streaming on Twitch because I'm—I'm I'm fucking retarded too. PC Windows broken, and I can say retarded. I'm a doctor, goddammit. Uh, but uh watching this and, and seeing Andy like tweet in and stuff, I realize he's actually watching it and I need him to watch the rest of everything else we do and comment like this. I love the, the peanut gallery. So thank you for, for watching buddy. <laughs> yeah. Doc talk. Doc, doc talk. Um, <laughs> everything I say is doc talk, right? <laughs> I am Col- God. Listen to me. <laughs> the Coles, they do, they do, they do like their typical baby face offense. You know, they do like arm drags, drop kick, fucking hip toss. And then, you know, up and over, and they Bobby don't, hits. Huh? They don't do this like locking up anymore, like they used to. No, they they kind of shy away from that now. Mm. Um, but let's see. Talk about the stare down and putting your hands in your pocket now. Yeah, Bobby shoots off with one of them, and Benoit comes in, and does a snap suplex, and it gets kind of interesting at this point. But then Redacted and Bobby do a lot of tags executing some moves. Redacted. And then, and then Redacted gets a sharpshooter on. And then <laughs> suddenly one of the Coles starts coming back until Bobby stops the momentum. And he tries to pin him while Redacted is pushing Bobby's ass for extra leverage. <laughs> so, like, 
I don't know. I got I got like bored and I started writing redacted instead of Benoit or Chris or something. <laughs> All right. If anyone's listening, the best lucha gimmick I've ever seen or ever will be it is the Bret Hart of lucha gimmicks. You get a mask that is covered and it's it's Chris Benoit's face, but you wear the lucha mask and your name is El Redacto. El Redacto. I'm I'm doing that. I'm doing That's that. gotta happen now. Oh my god. And you, um, you only do German suplexes and headbutts. <laughs> The other Cole sees that they're, he's cheating for the leverage. I always thought that's a weird leverage spot. You know how, like, when somebody gets, like, a hold on and the guy will, like, push your head or they'll push their back? I've never seen somebody push their ass. Yeah, I, I wrote, why is he touching his ass? Because <laughs> it's wrestling. It's, you know, it's what they, the guys dress up in tight clothes and touch each other's ass. I'm like, well, does the, the Scorpion Deathlock, like, if you, like, do a firm grip on the ass like does it hurt like no if if anything you need to push down on their head or something mm-hmm. but uh yeah. the other Cole sees this and he runs over to break it up and redacted falls on the apron and gets his feet tangled in the ropes that was so weird Bob- yeah that was a weird spot Bobby notices this he tries to untangle him while the legal Cole gets like a weird sunset flit roll up on Bobby and he wins I'm like and can okay. they can they stop doing the I wonder what twin this is. Is that something? I forgot their names. Uh, Tony, you know this this twin. He's. I met him in the Gulf of Tonkin. <laughs> <laughs> Can we call them the Sonic Boomers or the Sonic the, Boomhowers? The Sonic Boomhowers. I like it. There it is. <laughs> oh dang man, you know I was in that ring that I, I wrestled with Redacted, and he got them zebra stripes, man. I just I had to get it. I had to get it. Sometimes I flip, and then I won. <laughs> Redacted By the way, the redacted fucking gear is like cool with the zebra. The only way it could be cooler is if it was hot pink. It was hot pink zebra stripe. Yeah, that's similar to what he wrestled when he did uh, his run in Japan. He did that, and he had like the the liger mask he would wear sometimes because uh, he 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 wrestled on and off in and out of a uh, mask. But I don't think he took credit back then. He was called the Pegasus Kid back then. Yeah, it was Pegasus Kid, but then he wrestled, like, incognito um, in a mask, but then he also wrestled against Eddie Guerrero, who also wore a mask occasionally, because he was a a Black Tiger. Was that right? Uh, Yeah, he was a Black Tiger. He was one of them. Yeah, Yeah, and they had some great... uh, That's kind of how they got their start to get back over to the States, but um, but yeah, good wrestling history there. All redacted. For for my audio listeners, I'm like doing slides because WWE will pop me if I like play the video in audio. So I'm it's doing a good like freeze. Yeah, I'm doing a slideshow, but uh, the referee looks like he's like posing. Like the t- remember the movie Titanic? You know, paint me like one of your French maids. That's what he's doing on the mat. Oh, right he's now. just doing Aubrey Edwards stuff. You know, he, just like he's doing out. the he's doing the Shawn Michaels Playgirl. Mm-hmm. That's the. Uh, you just make strip that guy down, make him naked, and give him the championship belt and put it over his wiener. That's that's right there. Hot Andy says hot pink zebra stripe butt cleavage or butt leverage. I said butt cleavage. <laughs> See, butt cleavage. tied up in the ropes. This is wrestling, right? Yes. Yeah. Re- just wait. There's just... also beaver cleavage if we ever get that far. Oh, I I hope not. I hope we will. No, we're getting that far. We will. I'll make Eventually. it happen. Um, ah, time travel. <laughs> We're gonna have face. Uh, this uh, this was interesting for a couple minutes, and then bizarrely, the Coles win. I guess they're, I guess they're an actual tag team though. Whereas Benoit and Bobby are just, you know, two guys. Two guys. What do you, what do you score it? I give it a five point two out of ten because I 
still like Benoit and Eaton because they were good in this match. Just the weird butt leverage thing, and butt then leverage. Yeah, and the uh, <laughs> and the tie up thing. Like that was such a weird spot that like Chris Benoit would do, in my opinion. I I, I would never see him do that spot like that before. And it was weird yeah, to I mean, me. Think think about like if you if you go back and look at early redacted versus late redacted, he's he's like like size wise like he he's got way more mass uh, later on. So I think it's interesting how he wrestled is different, but it is what it is. But uh, yeah. What'd you give it? What's your score? Uh, I gave it five and a half chazzes, uh because I'm I'm a little biased. Old redacted and, and Bobby. Uh, the I thought the finish was a little weird, and, and also I. I think it's it's just one of those things like at the time like you're we're watching it knowing what's going to happen in the future for each of these these wrestlers, but it's weird watching them kind of taking a half ass sell uh, over to these these two idiots with their their guile rat tail haircuts. Um, it's just it's just weird. The finish is just kind of odd. But uh, other than that, I mean, I thought it was fine like for what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, pro tip out there for people if they don't realize it, we'd already brought it up. If you're in the sharpshooter or scorpion deathlock, do not sell the leg. Do not sell the knee. That is not where the pain is. The pain is in the lower back or uh, in what you said, neck or head, if you put more pressure on them or something. Because you can do it depending on how you've been. But a lot of people now sell the the leg, like the knee. It doesn't hurt your knee. You put the pressure on the back. You're, you're stretching like in that crab position to like, arch the back. It's So... I don't know any yeah. any wrestlers want tips from from a guy sitting in his basement that's never wrestled a day in his life. But. Just just sell like Remember, just sell like Nia Jax. My hole, my hole. <laughs> she had too much butt leverage. That was the problem. <laughs> uh, remember how Bret Hart always has his, does his matches and how he leads up to the sharpshooter. That mm-hmm. that's then you'll know. Yep, he never atta- He's he's always attacking lower back. That's how that's how you know. Um. Tony interviews the Coles after the match, and instead of talking about the match, they just talk about Dustin's partner. Yeah, which is like weird. weird. <laughs> it's, it's like okay, Super. yeah. Oh, what are they gonna say? Look at my flat top. That's what about that. this? That's that's Billy Cole. No, I'm Bob Cole. And they do that shit again. Yuck. Oh, that was goofy. I'm sorry. Yuck. <laughs> 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 Gorge, Gorge. Gorge. Uh, oh, this, whole, this whole podcast is off the cliff. Uh, uh, this is a uh, Dustin Rhodes versus Tom Burton. Uh, no, no relation to Barry Burton. Natural. <laughs> he kind of looks like it though. It looks like Barry's brother. Yeah, I said Barry Burton's older brother is here with us, out wrestling Dustin at first. Tom Burton. It's Tim Burton if he let himself go a it's, lot earlier. It's the butcher's father. It kind of looks it's like the butcher's the- father. <laughs> <laughs> He's throwing forearms, and he does, like, a double-arm suplex, and then they struggle for a bit, and then Dustin just fucking hits a bulldog out of nowhere for three. <laughs> I I wrote this note, and I'm trying to remember it. I wrote, Burton selling is weird. It has an effect like ac- an actual hit. I don't know what I meant by that when I wrote the notes, but it, it Bert, <laughs> Burton did have some fucking weird selling in this match. I So I, I literally wrote my, my note for this one-liner is... Uh, gold dust. <laughs> gold dust beats the hell out of a high school janitor. <laughs> 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 that's, 
basically what it looks like. Pre-gold dust. Pre-gold dust. Yeah, I, I put, sorry, I put baby gold dust. Baby, baby gold, gold dust. Baby gold dust. Out of my high school janitor. Um, uh, I, I didn't keep up with timing, but I didn't put a rating down for it. It's a squash. Okay, yeah, I mean, cool. I, that's how I counted it. I, I just didn't have a time. I didn't mark down a timestamp. So. Uh, I said Dustin's great at executing that bulldog, though. Like, he's one of the best people I've seen. Like, he just hits that fucking thing out of nowhere. He's like, bam, over. Um, yeah. By the way, I didn't score the last match, the previous one with Redacted and shit. Uh, I gave it a five. Oh, fair. I thought you, oh, you asked me first. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's yeah, okay. Yeah, good job, good job, asshole. You skipped him. Uh, Fuck. Redacted, the, 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 the Redacted man... Redacted. <laughs> actually, take this. Actually, we got to remove all the scores. The scores are redacted. You can't. You, we, can't we can't evaluate them. Um. Now I, Tony's interviewing Dusty. I fucking hate the storyline with the fucking assa- the super, super assassin. assassin. Fucking super assassin. God, it's like it has the assassin. it has the plot line of a of a really bad like C level porn movie. No, it what? It it does it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I know I'm coming in kind of in between. Why like, did you say porn though? Because the plot in a in a like a bad like really low budget porn film ha- has more depth than whatever nonsense he does with these these interviews talking about the super assassin. Look at my gold chains, daddy. <laughs> the assassin came out and started talking shit to Dusty, and then. He never, Dusty never showed up because he was ducking him. And then Dusty shows up, and now the assassin's nowhere to be found. And he's like, "Brother, if you will come find me, come ring up bitch ass." And then, like, he does the Dusty thing, and that was it. Don't, don't forget that apparently he's called Dusty's mother. Yeah, the super assassin's contacting Dusty's mother, which is a weird fucking thing. Actually, I I kind of think back a uh, little bit of sidebar. Any any uh, anyone fan or at least familiar with uh, the uh, comedy singer Ray Stevens? Vaguely, vaguely. Guy like rode the streak, and uh, there's that song he did back about like being a stalker. He's calling Margaret. He's like, "Ah, it's me again, Margaret." And he's on the payphone, and he's like, as he's stalking her and calling her, like, "Are you naked?" For some reason, that's what I can think about when I think about the super assassin, which is just <laughs> weird. It's like, why are you, <laughs> why are you just calling the cops and having this guy arrested? And he's he's clearly gonna like rape your mom, like. It's the, weird. The last stalker angle that I fucking hated was DDP stalking Undertaker's fucking wife. That was trash. That, <laughs> that buried DDP. It did. Um, I don't have much excitement for this angle, like like Dubs is saying. This they've been dragging this out for like months. Mm. That's awful. Uh, but Dusty's promo was fucking awesome. Oh he, yeah. He cut a promo about fucking anything, and he would get you hyped. Well, he, he literally talk, like do a promo on potato salad, but that potato salad, it's but that potato salad, but <laughs> it's got a lot of heart. I want, I want you to reach out and touch my hand and know that that potato salad has been in it. <laughs> I don't know about the New York style potato salad, but I'm all about that Southern style with that. My eggs. favorite potato salad is German style, baby. I'm <laughs> <laughs> <Have> a mustard. <laughs> oh man, this episode is great. I love it. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> after this, this is a very at, subjective take, but I'm also loving it, so we're in the same boat. After this fucking promo, we're back with Tony and Jesse, and they're talking about tag team action that's coming up. Mm-hmm. And then the feed just fucking cuts out for some reason. <laughs> and then we come back, and apparently that was another commercial break. They, they mistimed it, or something fucking happened. Uh, and the ring has two teams in it, and they're fighting. And 
it's like these guys, the Colossal Cons, managed by Harley Race. Yeah. Hold on and a they... second. Is Jesse Ventura, is he putting on pounds, or is he just bulked up in that shirt? It's that shirt. That shirt's yeah. too tight for him. Rattle, it's that Rattlesnake tactical vest. <laughs> the tactical <laughs> vest? He the needs pit vipers jacket. with that fucking shit. But, yeah. <laughs> the, the con, yeah, it's these guys managed by Harley Race. They beat the shit out of Rick Tango and some other guy. They never say his name. Uh, I said Tango down. But, uh, uh, Tango down. <laughs> yeah, Rick Tango. <laughs> these guys look like Wish Vaders. I, That's what they fucking look like. It's like well, we can't do Vader, but we we can do Pulp Fiction Gimp. They they just look like we, we got. But I want Vader. You got Vader's at the house, and it's these two guys. <laughs> I mean, if Vader was like the middleman, oh, not the middleman, but like the boss of this like uh, stable, that'd be fucking cool. Uh, just big fat guys in masks that beat the shit out of people. Yeah, they yeah. were like his like uh, mini boss Goombas or something. Like I, they kind of look like you remember. Um, well, of course you remember it, Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. With, uh, no, I don't remember Batman and Robin. Who's that? It, it happened. It, it it was also redacted. Actually, I'm just kidding. No, that uh, movie's funny. Uh, so of course you remember Bane, right? If Bane just had like four Baconators a day for ten years, and then. <laughs> And then he went, he underwent a sexual reproduction. Oh my god! And there you go, there it is. Four so, baconators. I had to go full science there. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, great. <laughs> I did the math. It actually is four. You can't do more or less. There's not really anything to say about this segment though, because it's like how I wrote it down. It just fucking happens. I wrote big ass dudes. Big ass dudes. I, I I basically I put fat I put fat cheap Vaders uh, beat up on other guys. Uh, after that, Harley is being interviewed by Tony, and he reveals that he took Cactus Jack's little bag he left in the ring when he had that epic match with Vader where he died. Uh, and Cholesterol Kong is back there looking like he's about to cry, while Glucose <laughs> actually looked kind of mean. See, see, you see what I'm saying? They're right there. You can see who's, who, you can see who's glucose, and you can see who's cholesterol. That's their names now. <laughs> no, their faces, their faces literally look like um, what I would expect if you had like these like mindless like uh, like murder machines, like straight up savage killers. But then like they have the mentality of like a five year old. Like they straight up look like they're waiting to get like an apple and a coloring book. What, seriously though, the other one looked like he was about to fucking cry. <laughs> he looked like the principal of Billy Madison. He, he, he called me Vader. He said he called me Vader. Yeah, but but yeah, one Vader. of them looked like he was gonna cry the whole fucking time, and I thought it was weird. And it, and Tony brings up some that there was some kind of package that was addressed to Harley, and he opens it right there, and it's a little pot of cactus. And Harley's like, "What is the meaning of this?" I have no time to care about something that is already dead. And then him and the fat boys walk away. Dude, this guy's yeah. face is like every time I do a frame, it's like we're, it's it's retarded, like literally. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. God damn it! Ooh. I will say, like, okay, shot for shot, you're getting all these good things where he's making weird faces and stuff, but he's still not as bad as uh, the the guy that was. Like with working. Paul Orndorff? Well, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. The fucking guy that looked like... Um, the, oh. What the fuck was his name? The uh, 
The equalizer is the equalizer. He he looks like Parkinson's personified. Parkinson's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was his whole thing. It was fucking awful. It's like yeah. You ever see that? You ever see that man. video of Charles Manson where like that that dude asks him the question, "What do you think about you fucking whole life?" And he makes like all those facial expressions. Mm-hmm. That's that's what that is. I'm har- <laughs> I'm hardly raised when edibles finally hit. Oh, when the not. edibles finally hit, there it is, right there. You got two fat guys behind you. <laughs> That's what happens to me when I have edibles. Two fat guys just but spawn right behind me. Spawn. <laughs> God damn it. Um, after that, I mean, there wasn't much to say about that. This 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 promo <laughs> that was a good that was a good still. I like the touch with the cactus, though. This this is just meant to extend the feud with cactus. There's Except, the cactus. I just want to point out, the last thing that's been mentioned about Cactus Jack, just the for continuity's sake, price tag myth, is still there. Was like, three, four weeks ago, when that random reporter was, like, talking to hobos in Cleveland. Like, it's fucking weird. It, this is that, that bullshit lost in Cleveland shit. It, yeah, it's a bunch of homeless people that are like, yeah, I was an actor one day, and then I moved to Cleveland, and things got different. But Cactus Jack is here somewhere, guys. You got any money? I need some crack. <laughs> like, that's literally what happened that last month, and then we get a cactus here. So, like, the story is, like, a little weird. It is a little weird. Uh, hopefully, I think the ship's going to ride itself, because uh, I think Cactus comes back in September. Oh, that's the guy. Hold on. That guy. The Equalizer. Now he's with Rick Rude for some reason. He was with Paul Orndorff. Now he's with Rick Rude. Oh, yeah. And he um, does a bunch of weird movement shit in this, too. He's like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. He's having I fits. He does? It's like, God, just give me his fucking like, medicine. He's got fucking tardive dyskinesia or something. <laughs> thought, more doctor talk. Sorry, uh, like, it, but it's true, though. It's, um, it's not inaccurate. There you go. We come back to yet another interview with Rick Rude, who's with his buddy, the Equalizer, and Rude is saying Dustin's making a mistake because these mind games won't work on him while the Equalizer is having a meth fit or something. And then Tony cuts Rude off saying they have to go to the ring right now. And I was like, this show seems like real slapshot put together. Because <laughs> like they had the feed just fucking cut out. And then we came back, and then there's just guys in the ring, and the, the fat guys beat the shit out of those jobbers, and, yeah. and then this, and then this is this. Oh, I've been, I have been waiting, waiting a fucking month to talk about this. I'm so excited. <laughs> Yoshi Kwan, who they say is from Hong Kong, but like Yoshi is not a fucking... <laughs> A Chinese name at all. <laughs> and then they might as well show him, like, hey, it's Jing Jong Bing Bong. Oh my god, he's, I'm he's about to do a bunch of Asian shit. Like, it's <laughs> racist as fuck. It's awful. And then versus Tommy Angel, who's just, like, you know, a job guy who can work yeah. okay. Yeah, he's like, hey, generic white guy. If, so, if he were, if we, if he were the same age he was then, but now, he'd be doing a podcast. Like imagine that. if this was done today. Dude, Imagine. people would get fucking pissed. Oh, people would be so mad. He'd be like, whoa, Asiatic so, nerve hold. So this guy is actually, his name is Chris. <laughs> We're going to get to the nerve hold in a second. But uh, this, <laughs> this guy's name is actually Chris Champion. And he started, he's played like the martial arts guy from Asia in in wrestling before. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is like not, now I will give him credit. Like he, 
somehow he vaguely looks Asiatic. He's probably like a quarter, maybe. <laughs> but like, you know, it, it's it, it, it's the equivalent of like uh, dude from Minnesota suddenly going, you know what, I'm Russian, and like selling the thing. Uh, then to be fair, Nikolai, like that that whole thing was like epic. Like, he actually like went hard into the gimmick to sell it. Like real life, like changed his name and all that. But that's that's a whole different thing. But right. Uh, but it's it's kind of in the same vein, right? Yeah. Like uh, or like Abdullah the Butcher. Mm-hmm. Hey, the I'm man from the Sudan. Style. He's actually from like fucking Georgia. <laughs> 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 but you I'm bought just... it. You when you saw that guy, you bought it. Yeah, he's just like oh, I'm just this happy fat black guy from making Georgia. I, so, I love peaches. I love peaches. <laughs> I love barbecue. This is so like you know I'm not totally shitting on him because he has like a strange look for real. But mm-hmm. he he totally looks like somebody you cast and like this guy is a martial arts master in like the '60s or something. <laughs> So, I think what probably happened because it leads into uh, there like there is the nerve hole. Yeah, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Like, like literally after that, there's an interview. Remember, like with Zach. Remember when uh, he was doing the whole martial artist uh, thing, uh, Steamboat, and we were just yeah, like, the, we were gimmick. Yeah, and we were yeah. just like, ah, get away from that. They were just like, mm-hmm. no, we need we need to have this type of character, and they gave it to fucking. Yoshi Kwan here. Uh, <laughs> okay, let me ask you this: what, what, what would you rather have? Would you rather have Yoshi Kwan, or would you rather have Tensai? They did in like the 2010s when A Train came back from Japan and they acted like he was a different guy and he was like, ah! he, he was the Asian guy. He's <laughs> a fucking fat white guy. It's like shave your back, you fat white asshole. We know who he you was, are. My, <laughs> now I had I had a buddy uh, who he went to Japan and studied abroad so he can actually speak the language and shit. Mm-hmm. And when he came back, um, that's when that angle was going on. And I we were hanging out and I was watching Raw. I was like, I want you to watch this guy. Because he speaks Japanese in the match, he yells shit, and I want you to tell me what he's saying. And he's like, okay, so he does. And he was like, his Japanese is really bad, and he's saying shit effeminately. So he's like, he's like, who who is the master effeminate? I'm like, what the fuck? Wow. Yeah, like submissive <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's like really like bad in, shit. In other, a lot of other languages, yeah, like, there's actually... Um, inflections for the, for those that don't know if you if you're fucking 80 iq monkey brains or some shit like mm. english english is like way too complicated like a lot of other languages they break shit down in, in masculine and feminine so it's just kind of funny that this big guys in there beating ass but he's like ah who, who's who's the master please what does you want inside this what does you want inside this it's like what he's saying <laughs> but uh no i'd rather take yoshi kwan because at least like Yoshi Kwan just shows up and like we we've never seen him before unless you saw him as Chris Champion in Texas like fucking ten years ago. Mm-hmm. That that's the only way you would know. Also, Al, Albert or A Train, whatever Tensai, whatever the fuck you want to call him, like he has a very distinctive look. Mostly <laughs> yeah. because he, he looks like a walrus. Like not I don't mean that bad way. He's he's a very big hairy man. Like that's fine, but it's like once you see that, it's like. It's pretty hard to not see. It's kind of like Bam Bam. Like, could you imagine if Bam Bam suddenly, like, put on a fucking lederhosen and acted like he was German or some shit? He's like, no, we know it's you. You've got fucking, like, flames tattooed to your fucking head. Like, we know it's you. What is... Is that spit coming out of his chin? What is that? No, I think that's a wire. I think it's semen. 
I think it's like, semen. I think Chaz like far, is right. I think it's just like really large sperm. He's got a really oh, good shot there. Damn. Good job. That guy's a swimmer. <laughs> anyway, uh... Oh, yeah, he's coming out of fucking Tartar Dyskinesia Cave, man. So... Of course. Uh, did what you, you say? Did you score the match? No, it was it was a squash. But I was gonna I was gonna go over like they talk about how <laughs> before he gets in the ring, he's like, "This Yoshi Kwan, we hear he finishes people with a nerve hold." I started laughing <laughs> immediately because I'm like, "Yes, they're doing it the the Asiatic nerve hold, the Oriental nerve hold. <laughs> they're doing yeah. it." Oh, that's the best part is like on the commentary, they're like super confused. They're acting like they're watching. Uh, they're they're fucking watching Temple of Doom for the first time, and they're watching someone perform Kali Ma. He's <laughs> like, oh god, he's gonna kill him! What is this? I've never seen that. It must be one of those weird, like, oriental nerve holders of, of some shit. And then, uh, of course, like, the best part of that is the dynamic between Tony and um, uh, fuck, uh, Jesse. what's the same? Jesse. Uh, their dynamic is, Tony's trying to really sell, like, I don't know what I'm seeing, and then Jesse is, like, pulling the, um, the uh, the shit of like oh I know everything so like oh yeah I saw this once like back in the day like yeah this is one of those like weird like combat like jungle gorilla tactics type of shit he's trying to sell like what's going on and it's just like he's just pinching him in the neck <laughs> and he said was that Asians or Vulcans it's like yeah that's kind of the same uh, thing thank you I was I was literally thinking in my head it's like oh I, I was waiting for someone to say a Vulcan reference it's like yeah just get him it goes down right away um after this uh like we get another rude steals the microphone away from Tony and he, and he starts wants... ranting about Dustin's partner. Yeah. He wants to know, damn it. He wants to know he who did... it is. At first he wasn't worried at all. And I was like, I want to know. I want to know now. <laughs> He's just so pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> I did... They don't cover this because of cameras and all that shit. I'd really like to think that Rick Rubens had there the whole time. And like, like people that were there live, if they watched him, watch him go from like being calm, like oh, I'm not worried about it, to like just like watching him like pace around the ring and just get like become a nervous wreck. Like I need to know fucking now, who's his secret partner? Like <laughs> I'm really hoping that's how that played out in real life. Like if you were there live. <laughs> uh, oh. I I think he probably watched a match and he's like, this is shit. <laughs> Let me. <laughs> 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 I mean, there was like martial arts and and shit. So yeah, Mm-mm. but here we are. We're back with Jesse, and he's with Ricky Steamboat for another interview. And Jesse look points that. out what? Oh, I was like, look at that fucking bicep! Mm-hmm. I know, brother. He's he's in shape. Oh, and uh, Steamboat and him are like uh, the same age and stuff. But Jesse retired four years ago, and he wonders if Steamboat's time's running out. And he goes. No, because I've continued to wrestle, and I'm in better shape than you were. And he's like, <laughs> he, he, he looks all offended. And he's like, what? Like, he looks at the camera and he's like, what? <laughs> such a good asshole thing to say, like, in a cool way. <laughs> well, everybody knows Jesse Ventura is an asshole, so he's just being an asshole back to him. Mm. Yeah, then, oh, like, he's exactly. trying to say, perfectly fine. Yeah, he's like trying to say, you're old or your time's up, brother. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but he's going after Paul Orndorff's TV title on... August the 18th, which is the clash. Uh, and should be a good one, I think. Yes, Andy. He's uh, cosplaying as James Earl Jones and the Conan the Barbarian. He is. I, you know, life lesson for those of that are listening. My, my, my papa, he told me, well, <laughs> told me a long time ago when I was a kid, you never trust a man who wears snake leather above the belt. 
<laughs> I'm not even making that. That's a real thing I was told when I was a kid. He's yeah. fucking right, though, because if you ever <laughs> think of, like, every single instance of that, that guy is usually, like, a secret asshole or something. Yeah, <laughs> you, you will eventually get get betrayed or fucked over by someone if they wear snakeskin anywhere other than on their feet. Fair. What or about their hat? Does it, if they wore a hat, does that count? Uh, yeah, it's just a flashy way to get away with it. The guy probably does like some weird shit where he like preaches to a bunch of people and then like steals their money or some shit. Son of a bitch! I know. Squeezing it. Was good, it, was, it was a good little promo though. I mm-hmm. thought good little segment between those two. Yeah, um, it, was. it was. It was. It was a good exchange. Oh god! Here we go. We get. Max Payne and <laughs> or Steven Regal that fucking face. That's every time I see Max Payne now. It's yeah. This peasant. <laughs> <laughs> and uh Big Sky against two go, cold. Go sc- back, go back, go back, go back. I gotta do it. I'm drunk, so we're, we're there. Go back. Alright. Every time I get on a plane and I decide to upgrade to first class and I watch people walk by, that's the face I have. Like you poor piece of shit. Get back there and coach. <laughs> the peasantry mouth, here is appalling. Yeah, you mouth breathing poor. I wouldn't even be on this plane, but oh, my my private jet wasn't working. Oh, I, I got one. I got one. Every time William Regal gets asked to say war games now, war games. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Bollocks. <laughs> but uh, they're they're going against uh, two cold Scorpio, Johnny B. Bad, and the Z Man. Oh yeah, I forgot we call him the Z Man. God, I hate it. They call him Z Man, and he's still selling that uh, rocket launcher firework to the face uh, thing. Yeah, he, he's wearing like a fucking Mardi Gras mask or some bullshit. Yeah. And, they, and then they had these new Chiron graphics, and they looked fucking awful. It looked like they traveled back to ten years. <laughs> Dude, that forehead um, is huge, and my. Oh yeah, no. Scorpio had the five head man. He, he had the five head. head. Yeah, his hairline <laughs> he was leveled up. He's Vegeta. Yeah, he was, he's trying to be Hulk Hogan. Jeez, uh, look, look at Big Sky compared to fucking Johnny B. Bad. I know that guy's massive. I, legit, I think that dude's like six ten or six eleven or something. Uh, where's Marcus? You know, too cold. Where too cold is Marcus is sure to follow. I'm gonna keep my comments to myself. I almost said something bad because I'm drunk. <laughs> okay. Well, Big Sky and Johnny B. Bad starts off, and Johnny B. Bad's getting out muscled mostly until he outspeeds mm-hmm. Sky. And then he tags Scorpio, who hits a big crossbody on Sky, and then he tags Regal in. Sky tags Regal. And Regal scientifically wrestles Scorpio <laughs> for a bit until he manages to throw him out of a wrist lock, and Regal adjusts and goes for another wrist lock. Look at this it, fucking sad piece of shit of a Max Payne here. Like, fucking, you just hate him now. <laughs> I fucking hate his gear, dude. Like, he's wearing a. No, shirt. You, were comp- you were complaining about his gear before because he just looked like some fat fuck, fucking <laughs> tights, and I, and it looked ta- it looked terrible. I agreed with you, and then you were saying like, man, if he just wore like some metal shirts or some shit, and then that's what he did, and you still hate it. <laughs> no, 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 no. When he puts on metal shit that, like, actually fits it. Like, look, I, I can't even fucking full screen this because it has, like, that stupid transition thing. But I'll find one. But, like, the, what, he has, like, a big-ass shirt. He, it looks like a dress. He's a big-ass guy. Ah oh, man. 
Anyway. <laughs> Tell yeah, me, well, you know anybody in high school that, like, was, like, 400 pounds, was, like, I feel edgy and I'm wearing a My Chemical Romance t-shirt? <laughs> like, that's him, but in the 90s, like, I don't know what you want. It is what it is. <laughs> and, and... <laughs> oh, no, no, he, he killed himself, dude. That's not cool. Oh, he did? I don't fucking know. I hope no, Max, Max Payne's still alive. I'm sorry. No. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I didn't mean him. I meant, like, the fictional teenager that was wearing that My Chemical Romance shirt. Oh, he, had, he, he also he, had that shirt when he was feeling really happy because his medicine was working. He had the shirt that said, I beat anorexia because he wanted people to know that he his Zoloft was working. That's where Z-Man comes in. The Zoloft, man. <laughs> the Zoloft. The Z-Man. There it is. That's that's why he, he makes me flaccid. Um, that's pro- props to Regal for always keeping that stance of having the one arm behind his back shit. The, yeah. the fucking fancy man stance. I love it. That's amazing. I, I love the interaction between him and Scorpio in this match. Yes. But I'm also a fucking mark for Scorpio, so it is, you guys know that. Yes, I wrote Scorpio and Regal have great chemistry. And, like, every time Scorpio gets, like, teamed up with someone or go has a match with someone, it's always good. It's nothing like below average uh, with Scorpios. I almost said Scorpios guy, but uh. guy was a fucking baller. He deserves so much more. Mm-hmm. He's um, sad. Take it for what it is. He, he just he's wrong skin color in the wrong business at the wrong time. You move him a decade later into what he was doing and time frame, like when where he could have worked and where he could have been, like this is someone that like had the ceiling of being WWE champion in like the mid 2000s given the work he was doing but that's again take it for what it is it just he man was great um just sad he didn't get his time but is he wearing anyway, pajama bottoms what the fuck is this it's shorts brother do you think if he turned his shirt inside out there'd be a, like a cut out of betty boop <laughs> maybe there might be <laughs> like i agree with you if like that shirt were any longer it'd be a fucking moo-moo <laughs> Well, he's a big fat guy. He's got to cover his shit up, I guess. Like where? Like, I don't even buy that he's a wrestler. He looks like they picked the fat fuck out of the crowd and said, "Get in there." <laughs> I mean, like it's yeah. bad. This is the beginning of that. But uh, <laughs> I hate it, man. Scorpio good. tags in Z Man, and then Regal tags Payne, and then this is where the match starts to, like fucking break down a little bit. Because mm-hmm. Max Payne Sky. They're tagging in and out, and they're doing shit, and then Z-Man manages to outmaneuver Payne, and he hits a drop kick, and he tags Johnny B. Bad in, and he comes in swinging, and he misses all of his goddamn punches, and then Payne sells him anyway, and he just starts hitting everyone until Payne recovers, and he tries to grab him, but he fucking hooks him with an inside cradle for three, and he fucking wins. I'm like, what? <laughs> I can't stand watching Z-Man wrestle. It, it really hurts. It, it's like... He looks like the physical embodiment of Miracle Whip. He is so fucking boring to watch. I, I wrote this. I wrote this. I said Z-Man versus Pain, the Pain versus Johnny B. Bad, and then chaos, complete yeah, chaos. What <laughs> uh, was fun when Scorpio and Regal mixed up. Otherwise, it was just there. It was just eh. uh, five point two out of ten. I gave it a five point three out of ten. Oh, guys, we are like right in between. I'm I'm at five and a quarter jazzes. Like I was, I gave that little extra bump because I'm the I'm the Scorpio Mark. But otherwise, it was very like meh. Scorpio Regal Mark. 
Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, Regal Mark, too. Understood, but yeah. Then they do an interview. Mm -hmm. Kane's on the floor, and he's screaming, and he's mad because he just got beat. He says this isn't over, and he wants wants to be in the ring with Johnny B. Bad, and I'm like, fuck, parentheses. (laughs) And he storms off. And then Paul Ordorth was just standing there with his TV title waiting for his turn. They got these interviews lined up. And then Paul's just ranting, and I can hardly understand what he's saying this time. Because mm-hmm. he's, he's just, it's like, uh, he might be having a stroke. And then, <laughs> and then Ricky Steve comes out and he confronts Paul, and he says he'll call him Mr. Wonderful if Paul beats him. But until then, he'll call him Paula. It, it was good until that came up. <laughs> I was like, fuck, he did, god damn it, he did the shit. Yeah. And just when I thought it was dying, he takes one out one of those little Paula flags, and then he, Paul loses it, and he runs after him, and he runs <laughs> away like a little scamp. Like that? <laughs> I hate this. Like, I, I absolutely hate this. Like, if, if he, like, weighed 100 pounds less and did it, it made more sense, but, like, it just, like, like took away any credibility from his promo before. Yeah, I don't like Ricky Steamboat doing like hokey shit like this. Yeah, he's not a weasel. He's a, he's a, like he is. Everybody knows at this point, Ricky Steamboat is a technical wizard in that ring. He does not need to act like a shitty little weasel, especially if he's the face anyway. Like that doesn't make any sense. What the fuck are they doing? I don't know. Oh, I was so mad about this when I watched it. I was like, what the fuck? Don't do this they, to him. At least they dropped the martial arts angle. But, That's true. Uh, they moved away from that, but then they just did dumb shit. But this is WCW '93, so. These are, the course. these are my final thoughts. Uh, the show felt real sloppy, and it was nothing but interviews, and most of the interviews were people talking about something that had nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hardly any wrestling. They're losing me. Yep. I said strike two, but Dubs is saying he wants to tap out now. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, I think he's already given his... Like, I remember strike two being called at some point before, but I'm guessing Dubs called strike two. Yeah, I, I, I did I did strike two, but watching this, I think what really annoyed me is like the interviews. The interviews were really forced at sometimes and like there were some promos I think that should have never happened. Uh yeah. like the Dusty promo. Even though even though it's dusty, but like I don't it's care dusty, I don't care about the assassin. Uh, I don't like that angle. Um Steamboat was great, but then like they when they tried to do the ending thing, it just killed it for me. I was I was I was hyped for it, and then I'm like, oh, they're doing this Paula end because you know they're gonna they're gonna do the same thing. He's gonna come in the ring, Paula, 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 and that's gonna gonna, and he's gonna get mad, and I you know Steamboat's gonna win. I don't think Steamboat loses. Pretty sure he's gonna win too. Yeah, so I. I gave the show a 4.7 out of 10, and this is my strike three. Wish you could do the Austin Theory face. I don't have that face. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mark necessarily for the strikes, um, but, like, I mean, I'm, I I am content with whatever marks of strikes we're at. Like, it's a strike for me. I, I gave it a four. I gave four chances. Like, it's, mm. it's, like, well, think of it this way. Like, the peak of the show was barely above average. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Like, the peak of the show was barely above average, and that's because I'm just seeing, like, things that are there. The show is very slapstick, very poorly thrown together. It feels indie, which is not good. Like, it, and because this is a running, like, at this point, this is running syndicate, uh, syndicate television. Like, this should, like, make sense. 
and they're throwing things together. Um, they're trying to like tie like very loose pearls of things that happened a month ago that weren't good anyway back together, like trying to tie the cactus stuff back to, into things. And it's and when you look on the other side, like what's happening, like storytelling in WWF is just like a whole at a whole different level right now. Yeah. Um, it's just it is it is really really hard to watch this. Um, like the one thrilling thing that you had going on in WCW um, at the time is not even like on the show at all. It's not even mentioned, right? Like the the thing that's actually even matters that anyone even cares about is anything to do with Sting Invader or um, Ric Flair. Like and they're not even involved. Like this it's an afterthought. So. I, I I feel like this this show just was a real bust. So, um, yeah, strike I stri- definitely a strike for me. I guess this is the first time I've had to give a strike. But um, if we're if we're all in agreement, then uh, you know we might need to look at whether we need to continue watching or, or give uh, put a slight freeze on the the, the continuing WCW stuff because it's it's pretty rough. Uh, WCW, uh. stop! Don't touch me there. That is my no-no square. That's it for you, WCW, for me. Anyway. <laughs> um, I gave this a 4.5 out of 10. Okay. So we're like, yeah, I'm in the middle there, I guess. <laughs> mm. All right, well, yeah, you want to get something into uh, something better than WCW right now? Yes. All right, let's get, <laughs> let's get into some WWF Raw. Raw! 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 Look at that face. Look at that face. (laughs) Oh, man. Dwayne the Clown calling fucking Macho Man Macho Boy. Macho Boy. He called him Macho Macho Boy. That if he interferes in another one of his matches again, that will be be the end of him. But if he's a good boy, then he might get a surprise as Dwayne laughs and close out that segment. It's a good creepy clown promo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you get the intro. Yeah, and I'm like thinking, no, Doink versus Macho Man? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm ready for this. Uh, and then, yeah, they all hype the show a little bit, and then we just immediately get into Bam Bam, Bigelow versus Bret Hart, which they promised us last week at the end of the show. I kind of want this back in wrestling, where they all just stand by the ring and talk before they commentate. Like they lay out the show before it starts. Yeah, yeah. They just they just really quick tell you like the smoke of guns are going to be in action and and Bam Bam Bigelow and Bret Hart and then uh the the what else whatever the fuck else happened. Mister Hughes is going to beat some guy's ass. Like they just tell you that shit really fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I need more windbreakers in my life. I want that fucking raw windbreaker Bobby Heenan has. It is legit, dude, isn't it? It's fucking like, sick. <laughs> it, it would go so well with Pit Vipers. I, I, I really want it. Dude, it's, that it's would go cool. with Pit Vipers. Oh, shit. What is it, happening it, in the Side by side. I, unironically, like, I really want it, too. I do, too. I'm going to we'll find one. Ma- we'll matching, matching raw windbreakers. We're going to do it. <laughs> Let's go. Look at the Burger King guy right here. We're in a Burger King. I need King that guy. Sting fucking deadly encounter. <laughs> Burger King. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of guys that have like those Burger King crowns in the uh, crowd. I noticed there had to have been like a Burger King nearby. I'm guessing. Oh, yeah, they, they start doing the Burger King chant. It, it pisses King off, which is great. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bam Bam comes out with Luna, and then Brett comes out. I fucking love her, man. Like oh, when she's too. standing there. 
outside the ringside, those people were like heckling her. She's like, sit down and mind your manners. And she turns back around. And then she looks back at him one last time and the camera catches it. And she's like. Can, can we just like right away just jump to the contrast between like WCW just showed us an hour of just nothing but like low to mid card like garbage never included any of like those big like main event scene type of things and then we're going to the uh, opposite end WWF is like literally throwing us like one of the best matches they already had over like they're just doing the, the rerun of the, one of the best matches of the year already at that time like, well Dustin uh, Dustin is a star, and Rick Rude is a star, and they were on the show, and Dustin has the U.S. title, and that's still disputed. I mean, they're stars, but, like, they're still, like, in, like, the mid-card. Like, at that point, like, is it believable that Dustin could challenge Ric Flair for the title? No, but Rick Rude did hold the world title already, or no, he's going to very soon, actually. So, uh, good, but um, like from where we're at with like story and where things have been, like Rick Rude, I would I would argue that Rick Rude is the only main event level person that was on the show we watched earlier. Given that he I was think, just in, he just came out of that program with Sting and, and Bulldog, Dustin like, could I, be. He gets one of the biggest reactions on that show whenever he does something. Uh, but I, that's that's fair. I'll I'll concede to that. But outside that's of that, it, it's just like it just feels like shit. But like it they're does. like. Whereas, like, the way they're booking and they're pushing things on Raw, like, they are opening up right away with, with one hell of a match. Well, let's put it this they, way. The last time they had, the, what, the michaels Janetti match that opened up, what, the last time, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was a banger of a match. That was great. Like, I know we're going to get into the, this details. It's just, like, the contrast is just crazy right now. Like, looking at, like how how were they even, like, considered competition? You know, I'm surprised weird. Eric Watts was not on that episode. Just saying. Well, just... To be fair, when we started this, it was the other way around. Mm-hmm. Oh, I uh, know. It's it's going to flip-flop, yeah. It, the, that's, that's totally true. Because uh, a lot of the Raws, the early Raws for like the first three months mm-hmm. were not very good. And a lot of the, the Saturday night shows were better. Yeah, we almost, put, we almost put strikes on, some, uh, on Raw at some point. Yeah, but that's when Bill Watts was still booking. Mm-hmm. When Bill it Watts left... Yeah, that's when you saw everything. That's where we're at now. There's no Bill Watts. Mm-hmm. Oh but, yeah, it's uh, about to unravel, and then and then we'll, we'll eventually get back to when WCW picks up. They're gonna have their day in the sun again, but for now it's shit. But it is I what it is. I always wish to be in the front row to, to get this. Same here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to get the sunglasses from Brett. Uh, there she is. <laughs> She's just talking shit in the crowd there. Um, this was a a good match. Up until where it suddenly stopped. <laughs> but I'm not saying it went bad there. It's just that it stopped its potential from growing any further beyond what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, it, if anyone wants to complain about WWE booking, as far as like putting on a good match until they suddenly just pull bullshit out of their ass to end a match, and they're like, why do they keep doing this? Like, guys, it's been around for 30 years. <laughs> yes. Like, we're, we are literally shown evidence of it right here. Because this match was really good until suddenly the rug was pulled out from under you. But, well, yeah. I think what was so unique about Raw, right? Like, you didn't see a lot of, like, in-the-stand stuff where, like, there was segments and wrestling. Uh, like, a lot of it was very, you know, let's go backstage and, and do some shit. But, like, this one is, like... We're having a storyline where Jerry King Waller is talking to fucking Bret Hart's parents. Uh, 
and you know Brett Brett Hart's mom had more better comebacks than Stu Hart. Stu Hart looked like he was miserable doing that fucking uh, that segment the whole time. I want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> be careful! You better not piss him off. I have to put you in a fucking rest hold or something. And you can't get out of it. <laughs> Break one of your fingers or some shit. Uh, I do this in the dungeon all the time with the boys. I can't feel my legs. <laughs> <laughs> the, the true Asiatic nerve hold. <laughs> the real one. The real, the real Asiatic nerve hold. But uh, but yeah, like it starts off and Bam Bam's pounding on Hitman and he shoots him off and then Breck ducks underneath and he gets up and he throws hands. He throws those good punches. Mm-hmm. And he hits a drop kick and a big clothesline sending Bam Bam out on the floor, which was like kind of a crazy spot for him to do. He, he did the backflip over the rope and shit. He did. It, it was actually kind of nuts to see for a big guy. Yeah. And uh, then Brett goes for like a top rope, like a Thez press, I feel like, is what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And he did this thing where he's like, oh shit, he fucked his knee up. He tweaked his knee. He came up off of that. Because his knee was hurt at the end of King of the Ring, remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's still selling that. And then Bam Bam starts getting heat on him, and that's when we go to break. Mm-hmm. So far, so good. Mm-hmm. Then we come back. Brett's rolled on the floor selling his knee, which we just saw. And then Bam Bam hits that massive high-angle back suplex. That was sick. He got, mm-hmm. like, such a delay on that. And then Brett is doing a crossbody off of a shoot-off, but Bam Bam catches him and does, like, a, the front slam, like the Mark Henry. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Um... Brett recovers, though, and he starts punching Bam Bam again, and he hits, like, a snap-back suplex of his own. Gets up, does a drop kick, he drops the elbow for two. And Bam Bam comes back. He hits a fucking drop kick on Brett and knocks the wind out of him. Yeah, Bam Bam, Bam Bam, I loved his wrestling back then. Like, he was one of my favorites because... You had this, like, big dude, and, like, automatically when you would think of a big, fat dude, bald, <laughs> that looks like it's a, coming out of the trailer parks of New Jersey, um, it, like, you would think it would just be, like, a hokey, like, slow piece of shit. No, this you guy... You think of the Bastion Booger, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, like, you have this guy, he's doing fucking moonsaults off of the fucking t- turnbuckle. He's throwing drop kicks and doing all these bumps. He should not be able to probably execute at that size, but he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pound for pound, like from what we've watched historically with wrestling, Bigelow is one of the like most athletically gifted wrestlers to ever do it. And he didn't even get that credit just because like how big he is. Like I think the only person really right now that you can compare him to in modern day is probably Keith Lee. Keith Lee, a big boy. But Keith Lee got some moves too. Like he can move, he can jump around, but it, it's a little different and it's it's watered down. But Bigelow also had like that strong style. Like he was really rough, very snug in how he delivered everything he did. Um, and his suplex game, like any drops or suplexes he did, were just amazing. He's fast uh, too. He was. He's so quick. Oh yeah. man, it's rough. And it is. It's an expectation. Like, his whole getup, like, fits that, too. Like, he's covered in, like, that bodysuit of, like, Jinko Jean flames. And, like, seriously. Like Guy so, like, Fury. You just don't, you just don't expect him <laughs> to move like that. And then and then suddenly, boom, he's, like, moving way more than you expect. So it, it's, it's like, the perfect setup. Like, it's a great, like, nod to, like, old school wrestling in terms of, um, like, it's complete disbelief. You 
like like that's one of those things if you saw live you'd be like holy shit this guy's huge and he's moving like this like it's just a great thing to see it's a spectacle just to watch that guy work um but another thing too is Brett went on the record saying like Bam Bam was one of his favorite guys to work with Mm -hmm. Uh, so that that's got to count for something to do yeah now aside from like a couple of the things I've been to later in my life one of the only like I used to go to like random like hokey indie shows that would be held like in my local armory which again I lived in like a one stoplight town so we're talking like nobodies would come through like very rarely we would get anyone I got a chance once um to go to uh to Beckley West Virginia it's armory and go and see uh a match and one of the feature matches had Bam Bam Bigelow in it when I was I was like I was like 12 or 11 or 12 or something like that um maybe I was a little younger than that I remember like uh it was right at the end of his career basically but like you don't appreciate sometimes when you're watching on television how big these guys are that guy is fucking massive he looks like a refrigerator like he is just huge and to then watch him move like that and this is later in his career he's not he's he's having a harder time getting around but even then like he's still fast like it just it's again just doing all the all the things to put over how, how great Bam Bam was but just uh and of course like Brett just sells everything like like death so like everything yeah. looks like it's causing so much problem and like you nodded earlier like Brett's selling an injury from a match that happened over a month ago um but uh everyone still remembers it clearly because they had such a good match uh at King of the Ring yeah Oh, it's great. Did Bam Bam oh, ever get a, a title? No. Uh, That's I don't sad. think he ever... He might have got something in ECW I'm not aware of, but, like, yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, that he, he was always, it. like, the big challenger. Like, that's the, the most he ever got was, like, being, like, second rung. Like, he, he, he never got a chance to hold anything. He was a special attraction. That kind of became his thing. He, he'd be like, Bam Bam Bigelow's here, and he's going to have a, a crazy-ass match with somebody. Luna is yeah. the best pick as a manager for him, by the way. Yeah, it fits. Mm-hmm. Like they fit well together. I think I think Bam Bam's problem is timing. His timing of like when he he finally got to WWF was just bad. Um, and well, he was it, there before uh, in the eighties for a brief stint, but he washed out because he wasn't good yet, apparently. Well, that plus, like, think about what you were seeing on television at the time. Yeah, Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant. Yeah, you're dealing with these, like, when you're talking massive, you're talking all muscle. Like, this is right right in the midst of, like, the steroid trial type of stuff. And, um, like, when all that had went down, so everyone's starting to lean down. And that's why, like, Sean and, and Brett are now getting the push to be the big guys because they can still be main event level players, but they're not like you know just jacking all muscle like looking like crazy rip because they're on roids um i think he just suffered from vince i don't think was ready yet to put over a bigger guy like that like yeah. him or kamala is another good example like kamala was always a guy that always like was second banana never got a chance to actually hold anything big in terms of like the main event title um and then what happens right after uh, Bam Bam falls out of WWF and moves to WCW ECW what happens there vader comes in so then vader's the next victim right like that's yep. that's that's what happens. So like they both have the same problem, and it's, it's really unfortunate. Yeah. Um. Well, this is where. Vi- what were you gonna say, Dubs? Well, the the greatest thing about this match, and like you were bringing up how it like halts and stuff, but what was great about how this match was booked 
like the parts that they were wrestling like it was almost a full-length match like at, at, at itself you know i mean technically it was a full-length match well it was but i'm saying like <laughs> I'm just fucking with when, when the story <laughs> when the story like hit with the jerry the king in the, in the stands like yeah. that's when i like shut off like watching the match as a match yeah i get to that point uh where they do some more spots and shit and brett's trying to get ready to do a sharpshooter like he hits a bulldog out of nowhere another bulldog out of nowhere and then he gets the sharpshooter going that's when jerry comes out and he finds brett's parents he starts talking smack to him he has kind of a hard time playing off of Stu and helen because they're so old and they don't speak very clearly on the mic Mm-hmm. So he has to fill in the blanks for him or repeat what they say, which he does a good job of like making up for. Uh, <laughs> Look at the he's kid. got some good zingers, like he's saying. Stu was trying to take out take out accident insurance on Brett when he was born, which is fucking. <laughs> 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 he does. He he says some great stuff, but watching his interaction is like watching a microwave uh, as butter is melting in it. <laughs> it is hard to watch like, us Stu interacts. Like, um, yeah, he just, he couldn't get anything out of Stu, and eventually he just got to board. We'd be like, hey, you, uh, you, you guys understand anything he was saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he does a little laugh and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's Jerry. He's like, any 14 year old girls out there? <laughs> He's not there yet. He's not there yet. Yeah, yeah not, not there yet. Uh, so, I will say this. Take, thank you for what it is. It's, it's my take on it, but. Watching this match, I think that finish gets worse only because hindsight's twenty twenty, and we have all been exposed to thirty years of these like repetitive, like constant, weird, like non finish bullshit things. If you watch it in the moment for what it was, and you hadn't been exposed to just seeing that over and over with those diminishing returns, this is probably like a neat like angle. Like it's yeah. a pretty unique way to finish a match, and if you don't do it too often, it's fine. It's just that we don't have that. We were we're wearing rose tinted glasses watching it. Like we have that. That knowing of, well, nowadays, like, if you have five matches on a card, three of them are going to end in DQ or non-finish bullshit like this. So, like, it's just, it's, you're just completely immune to it. So then it just doesn't work. So I think that makes it harder. But even then, like, the match was really, really good. Um, I, I was really high on it. Um, but, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, like, the only thing I think it was a downside to it was just, like, Stu Hart <laughs> trying to interact with Jerry Waller. It's almost comical because of how like stubborn he is. He's he's kind of like one of the old Muppets up in like the Peanut Gallery. Yeah, I don't remember those yeah. guys' name. He's just up there, just like angry old bitter man yelling at clouds and shit. And, and then Jerry Waller is just like trying to give the comic relief, and he's just not getting anything from Stu. It's too Canadian. It's yeah, too dry. It's too, yeah, too much. Um, good match until the interruption. I, I can appreciate what they were trying to do. I have a thing about, like, when s- s- there's, like, a match going on and then stuff happens that distracts from it. Mm-hmm. And they've done this a lot on Raw. where mm-hmm. Like, they do it to Mr. Hughes a lot, which pisses me off. Oh, yeah, and, the Undertaker stuff, like, where, like, flowers and shit are coming in. It's like, Mr. And Hughes it, can't just have a match. He just, there always, something always has to happen and distract from it. Well, the worst part for his, too, is he's getting distracted while he's doing a squash match. It's not even, like, a full match where there's, like, a story to it. It's, like, he's doing a two-minute squash against a nobody, and then, but even within that two, three minutes, they're, they're like, interrupting it. And that's kind of where I was leaning at before, like, don't, people don't need to be confused about how all things have changed. Like, 
WWF has had these strategies and tactics for literal decades. They've been doing this for a long, long time. It's just people got tired of it, and that's why it's pointed out. Well, that's why I mentioned before, like, in the 90s, like, they weren't used to the, these, like, segment type of things in in, mm-hmm. in in a crown. So, like, I guarantee you, like, this is in New York. They're, like, pumped. Pump, like that kid that had that little d- disposal camera and shit. That would be mm-hmm. me. I'd be like, oh shit, let me take a picture of. I, oh, I mean, I wouldn't know who fucking Stu Hart is back then, but I'd be like, oh shit, you know, Burger King. I need to take a picture of him. <laughs> hey, Burger oh, yeah. King. He's or like, like that. Yeah, I always think, like, my reaction to these things as a kid, no matter what, was always like, uh, you ever seen the gif of uh, whenever the Nation of Domination are coming out? And there's that white kid that looks like fucking Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys, and he's just going, "We got like fucking black counterfeits." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like I was sold when I was a kid watching it. So like the nostalgia's there. I was totally that kid. But uh, but yeah, it, I agree with you. It, it, I bet it live. This was a really cool thing to see, and that's kind of why I made the point I did. Where like we've just been exposed to this over all this time. So even watching back now, it's hard to still be objective about it because of that. But it's like, ah, oh, not another fucking non-finish. Um, but I, it is what it is. I what, what did you guys give it? I gave it a 7. I gave nice. it a 6.9 out of 10. Nice. Nice. Okay, yeah, we're, we're right on par. I'm, I, I hit exactly the 7. I was like, I could have given it more, but the finish kind of deducted it. I was yeah. leaning like 7.5 chazzes, but... Uh, you gotta take a little bit off because the finish is a little weird. So seven chances, but hey, that's still good. That's still a just, really good match. Just to be clear, I'm not against non finishes or uh, you know, kind of strange finishes that leaves things undecided or something. But it, it's the distraction angle. It's like oh, this shit happens and it distracts from the match, and then it just stops. <laughs> just, no, like I, that kind I, of stuff. I agree with you. I, I'm very big into the law of diminishing returns. Like, if you do the same thing in a match, like, even if it's not a finish, like, if you just do, like, the same spot in, a, in like, consecutive matches in the same night, like, well, the first time you did it, it might have been fine, but it just is not going to be as good the next time around. Like, mm-hmm. it's not shocking anymore. So, yeah. it's the same thing. And I agree with you. Like, yeah, when you're just, you're deterring away from the match with one little hokey thing, especially if you've already done it once or you've been doing it frequently, it just doesn't hit the same way. Here's what I'll say. If I had to choose between two situations, either this Bret Hart moment with Jerry King Law or Hell in a Cell with Seth Rollins uh, killing uh, Bray Wyatt, that 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 stupid thing that he did, I would choose Bret Hart. <laughs> okay, you're comparing apples and Nazi oranges again. I don't even want to go there. Nazi like, we, oranges. Yeah. We're going yeah. back. We're going back to it. Like, I don't even talk. Like, there, there's not even anything. Like, even WCW doesn't have anything right now that compares to the the Fiend getting squashed with his own bullshit mallet and 15 curb stomps and, and yeah, everything. They do. Lost in it, Cleveland. I, I'd rather have that. I'd rather have the crackheads be like, "Oh yeah, he's somewhere around here, guys. Just give me my money." Yeah. No, that's that takes too long. It's really drawn out. It's like you're getting fucking. It's I'll, like death by a thousand cuts versus just getting cut once. I'll tell you where he is for fifty dollars. Here, here's <laughs> a hot take. Let's let's piss off the, the couple other people that have some opinion about it. Even when the like the best parts of the fiend, they kind of sucked. Like it was just a bit overrated anyway. So it was. It was pretty meh, overrated. And then the lows are real bad. So like it just never needs to happen again. Just Randy Orton killed it. Just let it be dead. 
Who had these toys? Thank you, Randy. <laughs> there you go. Randall! <laughs> Thanks, Randall. Uh, we, uh, we're back with Mean Gene doing a SummerSlam report. He tells us about how Lex Luger has to wear an elbow pad now to cover up his controversial forearm. Because he has a metal plate in his forearm. Mm -hmm. uh, and he informs us of Undertaker and Giant Gonzalez's oh my God. peace match, which we don't know the stipulations for yet. Uh, that match sucks. Yes, I've seen it. it sucks. <laughs> Can you just go back real quick and show just show Giant Gonzalez again. I like, what what drugs were they wearing when they said let's put a bodysuit on him? It's like one of those things. What you were like in the nineties or the I know what I, I know what drugs poster, they were on. That poster where they said you are what you eat, and they made a skeleton out of vegetables and fruits and shit. Like that would have been better than this. Like what Dude. the fuck? <laughs> no, no. The, real talk. Apparently, Giant Gonzalez, El El Gigante, whatever you want to call him. His real name's Jorge. Apparently, or it was. He 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 passed away a while ago. Um, he apparently had like he was this really tall guy, incredibly tall, but he had a shit physique. It was like. Imagine if Adam Cole was seven foot four. <laughs> like that's what he looked like, apparently. Tall alien. So, okay, okay, so you tell me what universe it would make sense at all for Adam Cole to say, you know what, you know how to fix this? I'm gonna wear I'm gonna wear one of those muscle shirts, and then I'm gonna put fur on that shit because I'm actually a yeti. Actually, <laughs> if Adam Cole, you know those those muscle like fucking tops you can put on. If Adam Cole wore one of those, it might be improvement. Nah, I don't know about all that. What, what if I, he wore the uh, 80s? What do you, you don't know about all that? It bulk him up immediately. And he's put on the Roman Reigns tack vest. <laughs> God damn, it make him look even smaller. <laughs> like a child. Like, take your child to work day. <laughs> I, gotta go with the, I gotta go with the Billy Graham take. Adam Cole needs to take steroids. The end. <laughs> he needs to... Just do it. Shoot him up. He Just needs... do it, Adam. It's okay. No, he... There's no judgment. Adam Cole, you need to scissor with Billy Gunn and do his things. Uh, you need to get gunpowder. I'm still not ready. I, I I still can't deal with that that anime betrayal. But <laughs> but seriously though, I I just I can't deal with why they decided let's just put fur on him on his muscle suit. It, I I don't know why they had to do the fur. I guess but it could have just gave him a muscle suit. Personally, I, I would have dressed this guy up to look like Super Shredder or something. Yeah, or like you know, if you're gonna go the route they did, they might as well just give him a giant furry dick and just had it like like on the like the muscle thing he was wearing, just have just a giant dick. Look at that face. I don't know. That's, just, the, that's just, the face of a man that can't have a match that focuses on him. That is a man that probably wants to drink some Tang. I yeah. saw Mr. Hughes. He wasn't drinking Tang. He was drinking water. <laughs> but he, uh, he still has the urn. He's still uh. This is weird because it's like they're focusing on this shit with Undertaker and, and Giant Gonzalez, but Mr. Hughes has the urn, and that's yet to pay off. And I feel like the natural progression is for Undertaker to fight Mr. Hughes because he has his, his damn urn. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't know, I don't know where that ends up because I don't I have no memory of that at all. I just, I just want to point this out. Every time I see Mr. Hughes wearing his suit and shit. Keep in mind, this is July. This is in New York City. This is a, a, a room full of bunch of people, which is probably uh, causing heat. Dude, he must have some major ass swamp ass right now in that fucking 
that pants right now. Because I would. Yeah. You know what I was okay. gonna say, you know, to his credit though, he never really looks incredibly sweaty. Every time I've seen him, he doesn't—he just looks like the same. <laughs> well, it's it's magic. magic of the suspenders. What the <laughs> things they're out? It's the suspenders, they're magic. I like this guy's. He stole Brutus Beefcake's tights. Uh, Ross Greenberg here. Uh, Bill Goldberg's cousin. Uh. Some guy brings out a black wreath of flowers for Mr. Hughes again. Mr. Hughes beats up this jobber, and then he destroys his flowers. Squash, this was the same as last time Mr. Hughes had a match. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's Mike, Mr. Hughes. Mike Kyoto. Is it Mike Kyoto? Yeah, I think so. Damn. Yeah, that's him. Mm-hmm. That's wow. Mike Kyoto. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, I want, I want this so bad. Yeah, I was going to say, I have no fun. I was going to look this up and listen to it before we got on, but I didn't have enough time. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. If you had no idea what what WWF was, and you just saw the picture of this without the title, anything WWF on it, it looks like village people, but just on fucking steroids. Yeah, which means it's better. Oh, no, it's great. It's just like, <laughs> what is happening here? I want the poster. I wonder if the poster's on eBay. I don't know what's happening, but I want to be a part of it. There's a bunch of dudes fucking a bunch of other dudes. I want more boss man fucking matches. Where the fuck is boss man? He's. I think he's getting ready to leave. Uh, I think. I think they need to like do an angle where they bring big boss man's son in, and they just play whole into like the whole police brutality stuff in America. They, he needs to. He needs to show up at AEW and yell at Paul White about how he was glad that his dad ruined his funeral for his dad. And, and everything, and he's gonna he's gonna. Ru- <laughs> I need to continue that story. I, I want that, but I don't want him to do it on AEW. I want him to do it on WWE and continue to call him big. Sh- and then he yells at, "Hey, Paul, I'm talking to you. You piece of You're shit, just man. mad because my dad took your dad and dragged him all through the cemetery. <laughs> Some shit like that. <laughs> the best part of you fell off that hearse that day. Fuck! Oh god! <laughs> I love that. It's one of my favorite all-time crack angles. It's just, just it's cocaine. Me. What the fuck was that about? It's just... Ma- uh, <laughs> Macho Man loving his microphone. Dang those those, those uh, late '90s Big Boss Man angles are just something. They are they are something to, to, to experience. I guess that, and then I immediately think of the Al Snow. Like the dog being cooked and then fed. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck, like, what? man? Yes, exactly. It's like, what, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> it's so Cook ridiculous. Fucking dog and fed it to him. It's like that's some Eric Cartman shit. Oh, we got uh, we got the smoking guns against Dwayne Gill and Glenn Ruth, who both uh, later become Gilberg and a headbanger. Uh, later, he, and I don't remember which one of them ends up being beaver cleavage, but one of them does. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I don't it was, think it's Glenn. I think it's the other headbanger. No, no, I think it was Glenn because uh, Chaz, <laughs> his name is Chaz, is ends up Chaz. becoming D'Lo's apprentice. You remember that? Oh, <laughs> oh you're right. You're right. <laughs> so I think it, I think it's beaver. He is beaver cleavage. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The webs that WWF weaves. Meanwhile, I'm over here like haunted. I'm watching Young Daddy Ass. Young Daddy Ass with Uncle Ass. 
in his, in his cowboy shtick. And then, yeah, we got the, the actual OG, the guy that won, a, like, the, the actual true shoot contest that WWE had, and then and then just got, like, fucking snubbed for it because he was told to go out there and whoop some ass. Did Goldberg hate Gilbert? Uh, uh, I think he was insulted because Goldberg sometimes kayfaves himself. Yeah, Go- Goldberg had too much hype on himself, so he hated anyone that took away from his inflated ego. Yeah. Mm. So, it is what it is. I had no idea that, though, though like, looking at Dwayne Gill here, it, I don't know what it is. You can't, I can't see him as Gilbert yet. It's like, yeah, I guess he's, he's got, he's got a ferret on the back of his fucking head. Of course you can't got, tell it's Gilbert. He's got a ferret. I think he's a little bigger here, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see, Billy goes in hard and hits some drop kicks on Dwayne Gill, and then Gilbert manages to tag after Bart comes in, who's just manhandling Ruth. He, he, he just beats the shit out of Glenn Ruth for a while and power slams him. And then <laughs> Billy and Bart are just beating the snot out of him until they hit their finisher. The the backdrop into the power driver. The, the, that that move is fucking crazy. For like 1993. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it really is. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty insane. Yeah, I, I still can't get over Billy Gunn and his like trajectory over 30 years. Cause he looks fucking great right now. All, all things aside, and like kayfabe stuff, like physique wise, like, like he looks fucking great. Yeah, it's that gunpowder. I guess. Uh, squash. Long squash. Really a long yep. squash. Well, it was. Long it squash. was. Yeah, it was a little long. Um, no, I didn't rate it either. I just I called it a squash too. Next up is a package hyping up Ludwig Borga. And his music sounds like super fake. Like it, it sounds like fake music. <laughs> what does that mean? It means it sounds like music that somebody made up for something that isn't genuine. <laughs> it's, it's synthetic music. It, it's like when you get those like music maker programs, and you just like do the default thing that's already made. It's like if you had an AI generate a music, it's like that, that Dally E thing, except it, it created music. That's like what it is. Speaking of that thing, a side note, I wrote Super Mario and the Holocaust, and dude, dude, Jesus, how many edibles did you eat? I probably had four that day because I was fucking going nuts. I was doing. Holy shit. But it's it, just because you said it, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to go, Super Mario Holocaust. <laughs> You're welcome. It's me, Hitler. Had to say it together. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, no, she gets out of the shower. Oh, All right, I'm done. I'm I mean, done. You know, Mussolini was Luigi in that relationship. That's horrible. Oh, that's horrible. It's funny. They're dead. They're, they're, they're in hell. There's, uh, there's, there's Uncle Chris. Sorry, I like my ribs are hurting from laughing, so I had to like turn off. Why, re- why do you have a picture of Redacted? That's his uncle. Shut up. Uh, don't, don't talk about his uncle that way. So, side story is when I uh, on Veterans Day, um, I put a picture of <laughs> Redacted when he was doing like the you know the, the troops uh, special with WWE, and I said mm-hmm. Happy Veterans Day from Uncle Chris <laughs> and. <laughs> And some people uh, got it, and some people didn't. So some people uh, b- thought that was really a picture of his uncle when he was in Iraq. Yeah, they said thank you for, your, <laughs> thank your uncle for his, his service. service. 
It was oh, funny man. as fuck. <laughs> when I saw it, it's like a meme to this day. I do oh, it every. Man. I do it every Veterans Day. <laughs> From what <laughs> I remember, though, getting back on topic, Ludwig Borges sucks. Yeah. Uh, there's not much else to say. We're going to see him, and we're going to watch him suck. Uh, Vince is interviewing Lex Luger in this empty arena from earlier today, and Lex actually gives a pretty natural, real-sounding interview with Vince. I want those pants. And it's Yeah, I want those America pants. I want the button, too. I want his little the, the little <laughs> Lex Express button. Campaigning button. Uh, it's, like he's, it's like he's going to become the goddamn mayor of World Wrestling Federation. He's doing his campaign all around with the Lex Express. He's campaigning to become the world champion. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's mostly just him talking about his experience so far and reflecting on everything that's happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently this will be a multi-part interview over the weeks leading up to SummerSlam. So I'm like, yeah, we'll see how this goes. This, this was okay, I guess. I was kind of wondering about Lex on the mic because you don't really ever hear him cut promos that much. Uh, at least I don't remember, and I was like, "Yeah, he sounds okay here." What's what's with the wrestlers in like turtleneck sweaters or shirts and shit? It makes him look bigger. Even Christian. Well, well, this is a different kind of a turtleneck sweater. Christian's wearing an asshole turtleneck sweater. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think this is more of like the the like the day and age. Like this is just like '90s vibe type of stuff where like. Christian's wearing like that, like asshole hipster type of stuff. Like it's the type of thing you wear when you want someone to, to know that you think that you're smarter than them. Like it's basically like the modern day version of wearing an ascot. Well, Christian is smarter than like ninety percent of that roster. Oh, I'm sure he is, but it, it's the whole <laughs> asshole thing. That's fine. It's great, it, but it, it's a thing. Like you, you get off the vibe. Like if I walked into like my day to day job wearing a bomber jacket, and aviators, and a mustache, I. I might think I might be ready for a pilot license, but everyone else would be like, you're a dickhead. Why are you dressed like that? Because so, you're awesome. That's that's your response. Yeah, exactly. It's like you own it, right? Yeah. Dress for the job you want. But yeah, that's it. What did you guys think of this little this little teaser? I, I, I'm interested, but like I know where it's going. Um, as far as I know, where I know the Lex Express fucking crashes and burns. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly the problem. It's like if you don't know, it's like oh, it's kind of interesting, but it ages like milk. So it's like, eh, well, there it is. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be as objective as possible. I always, I always try to. It, it's hard, it's hard to, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, then we get Doink Clown versus Phil Apollo, and. Doink comes out carrying a unicycle for some reason, not not riding it. Maybe Matt Bourne couldn't ride a unicycle. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Doink takes Apollo apart with various holds and suplexes and technical moves, and then he hits the whoopee cushion and he fucking squashes him. He literally squashed him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, that that suplex, like at the start, is like. That was something. Matt Bourne was fucking good, man. <laughs> he, was, he was. He was. He was. It was good. It's like, uh, for like what you get here, you get a little glimmer of something. Because clearly they're just building onto the stuff with him and Macho Man. But like, uh, so it's just a squash. But it's still cool to see. It's Phil- just crazy to think about what could have been with that guy. Phil- like his career, his career literally forked in like two different directions, and this is like the bad. This is kind of like the bad direction it went in. 
I, I wrote down mm. Phil Apollo looks like a mobster that just wanted to try wrestling. Yeah, just kind of like a fat Italian guy from. <laughs> Not even he wanted to try it. Like he he was forced by the mob <laughs> to, mm. to go and wrestle. Hey, yo, I owe Polly. I owe Polly two hundred dollars. Go go down and do the job. <laughs> it's, it's part of some kind of money laundering scheme or something. Yeah. Uh, after the match, Doink gets a mic, and Doink challenges Macho Boy to mm-hmm. a match. And he tells him he won't have double vision. He's going to have triple. And then there's three doinks, but I only see two. But they say that there's three. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and then Macho Man tells that brother that he's out of line, and he's got a surprise for him, too. And uh, yeah, we're going to get Doink versus Randall Savage next week. <laughs> I'm excited for that. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. Final thoughts. Know. Uh, they opened strong with a good match and sort of got the wind sucked out of its sails because of the shenanigans. I get mm-hmm. it. It's part of the build for the Brett and Lawler SummerSlam stuff. Uh, the rest of the show was squashes and promos. Okay stuff for a roughly 50-minute program, I guess. But I'm not looking forward to Ludwig Borga. Me either. And... Man, that song they played at the end off WrestleMania, the album, was just pure uncut 90s shit. It was great. <laughs> Decent show. Oh, yeah, I didn't say... Uh, I put, this is Ludwig. He hates America. <laughs> that was literally my notes. <laughs> yeah, it's another hate America gimmick. That Vince loves that shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, 6.3 out of 10 is what I gave the show. I, I agree with your same uh, thoughts. Um, I like the, the the start. Uh, I love Doink the Clown. Um, as a as older, I was in. You know, as an adult, I liked Doink. When I was a kid, I was fucking scared and hated him. So, I give it a seven point two out of ten. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I was definitely higher. I think it's because the order I watched the shows in too. Because man. I went from WCW first to Raw, and uh, I, I felt like the show itself as, as a whole was was fine. Um, very strong start. It did have that roller coaster. The middle kind of just like got weird, um, but then they they picked it back up a little bit. Again, trying to be objective. Like the the thing they're trying to do for for Lex is again, it's just one of those things like hindsight being 2020 you don't know where it's gonna go like at the time it actually looks like it's got some some legs like it's gonna go somewhere which ironically is a horrible thing to say about lex luger now um that anything has legs but uh but nevertheless (laughs) uh sorry i couldn't help myself but uh but yeah in all seriousness like it it just makes you think what went wrong like it just it it kind of sucks because like he actually maybe could have had a run but it just you know we know what's gonna happen but if I don't know that, like, it's fine. And again, I like the doink, and I like that we're getting Randy involved. We're finally getting Randy back on on TV and or in the ring. Um, so I was I was pretty high on the show. I gave it uh, six and three quarter chazzes. Okay. Well, I think we'll end the show there. I mean, what do we have next? We have one more show in July, and then we have the award show, right? one more WCW Saturday night and we were going to go into the award show. Okay. Yeah, well, that's that's fair. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll close it out with one more. Give it, I guess, maybe a saving grace. See if it, it will change. Um, but I give, I give this strike three, in my opinion. If they, if they fuck us again, we're done. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's fair to at least finish the month and then we see. But then we, we might need to take a, a brief pause on the, on the WCW stuff. Yeah, it's sabbatical. That's a great way to look at it. We need, mm. we need a break. All right, guys. Well, um, if you want to catch more getting some color, we're on all podcast services. I'm not going to name them all. Just go look at the top three, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, uh, and then all the other ones. Uh, we're also on YouTube and Twitch. Um, so if you go search uh, getting some color on YouTube, and then on Twitch is my channel, which is Joe Dubs Plays. Uh, that's where we were getting all the Andy commentary in the beginning of the episode. Um, and... Uh, me and Zach are going to be doing the Nemesis Project Revelations 2 uh, right. on Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time um, if you want to catch it live. Uh, and then Big Trouble Podcast where all four of us are going to be there and we're going to do Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. It's going to be terrible. No, no. I hope not. Because mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. Go check out uh, me, Andy, and Chaz talking about the animated 1978 lord of the rings episode that's up right now uh where we we, we literally talk a lot about fellowship with uh that you know that movie because you have to so um cool. other than that i think we'll end it here and remember everybody to get some color yeah always blade bye <laughs> always blade what are you john moxley yes <laughs>